Hello and welcome to the Adjust Your Ranks podcast. This is episode number 28. My name is David and once again I'm joined by Sean. Sean, how are you doing? Yeah, very well, thanks, mate. It's uh, been a tough week in fantasy as always. Uh, are your team still alive or a few IR spots? Yeah, I've got um, I've got Justin Jefferson in quite a lot of, in quite a lot of teams, so um, it's disappointing. I'm I'm upset. Yeah, what about um, Achan? We'll, we'll talk about him, but it's been a bit of a nightmare, isn't it? Yeah, I've just been winding Big Andy Soul up about that by calling him a midget with a weak body. But yeah, I'm I'm only playing. He, he loves it really. He does, he does. But uh, yeah, it's been a tough tough season. I think we say it every year, but this has been. Just brutal. Running backs are worth nothing and everyone's dead. I've got one side. I thought I'd be 5-0 and by now, but I've got Amon Ra St. Brown dead, CeeDee Lamb bum, Jefferson IR, A-Chan IR. I mean, it's just a nightmare. Yeah, it's happening all over the board. And I mean, people are picking up running backs that, you know, they wouldn't have even thought of and they might be the RP1 this weekend. So, yeah, it's, it's as mental as ever. God, we'll, uh, we'll have a chat for it, I'm sure. Yeah, so week five's in the books. We'll review all, all week five games. Um, we'll have our week five studs and duds and also a player to sort of pick up or maybe stash in Dynasty. We'll start with the first game from last week, last Thursday evening. I can take this one if you want. Yeah, please do, mate. Yeah, I'll let you take the moment. You deserve it. Chicago 40, Washington 20. So the Bears decimate the uh, commanders. So huge game from Justin Fields. I mean... This was kind of what we've been waiting for, and it well, most of it was through the air and not through the ground. So, yeah, a huge day for him, and also a huge day for DJ Moore. DJ Moore, 8 from 10, 230 yards, three touchdowns, and he could have had a fourth, but they called him out of bounds when he wasn't. So, yeah, a huge game from him as well, but um, this was lovely to see. What Did you see much of it? I did, mate, yeah, and we sort of touched a bit on it last week, and I'm just so pleased for Justin Fields because I really reached for him. In our home league, it's one quarterback, and I reached for Fields in about the fifth round, and I really regret it, but this is why, because when he goes off, he can properly go off, can't he? So that was fantastic to see. What a win for you boys. Yeah, I mean, he's taking apart the, the Broncos and the Commanders in, in two weeks, and I know they're not great, but there's there's seeds of life there because it's been with his arm, and if we can add that to the throw-in and, and we can skin him better as well, then, yeah, I don't know, it looks promising, but, um, yeah, we can't really judge too much on the, uh, the Broncos and the Commanders, can we? No, we can't. I mean, your running back room took a bit of a battering, though, didn't it? So Khalil Herbert looks like he's going to miss... Um, I mean, the reports are saying three to four weeks, aren't they? But high ankle, that could be not far off the season done, really, couldn't it? Yeah, he left the game and, and Roshan Johnson left the game with a concussion as well. And our only our only running back was the fullback, uh, Carrie Blassing game, who literally just clears past everyone else usually. But um, they reckon Roshan's got a chance this week because obviously the long week, he's got an extra recovery period. But it looks between him and Dante Foreman, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. And we've said quite all along, really, that Roshan Johnson would eventually take over and we didn't predict and wouldn't wish an injury, but um, just clears that path a bit, doesn't it? And I don't think he'll get the full. Carrie Foreman's going to get some work, isn't he? But uh, a bit gutted for her, but we sort of knew he wouldn't be the long-term guy, but not nice to see, is it? Yeah, he's played well recently, Herbert, as well. He's um, He's been really good. I mean, even last week he had 10 for 76 and he was looking good. But yeah, it's, an, it's a high ankle, I think, so he might be done for a little while. Yeah, well, take a bit of time on, on your boy DJ Moore because um, this is what you bought him for. Yeah, it was incredible. I mean, um, they were similar throws for all of them, to be honest, where he's, there were a couple of sluggos, but yeah, he, he was explosive and yeah, he was everything that we've wanted, really. And he was the reason that we traded for him. And um, yeah, I was delighted. I mean, I played him in, I've had him all season and I, haven't, I didn't play him in the first couple of weeks. And I've played him in the last couple when he's got quite a lot of volume and 
yeah, woke up Friday morning and he smashed 49 points. I was, I was delighted. So um, you had him in the PCHDL league against me and I woke up and saw that. I was like, oh, God, I've lost already and it's Friday. But, um, yeah, it was brilliant to see. Yeah, don't get me started on that because uh, I had the second highest score of the week in that league after rebuilding and uh, I happened to be playing the bloke that got the first highest points. So, <laughs> yeah, I got beaten by you fair and square there, but it's a bit, uh, bit hard to swallow that one. Um, but talk to me about Cole Komet because um, I've always been quite a big Cole Komet fan and I think last season very disappointing, but he's come out flying a bit this year, hasn't he? Yeah, he was always kind of just in safety blanket um, last year, but then it started this year and they wasn't even running him up the seam, which was where he got a lot of work last year, but... I don't know what they do early season, but they weren't running him up the seam. They weren't scheming for Justin. And in the last few weeks, they've sort of gone back to the things that were successful with the with the commit usage anyway. So, yeah, hopefully looks promising. He, he is literally the guy down the middle while DJ Moore's outside. And, yeah, they, they're really the only two targets for us at the moment. Yeah, I suppose the only concern really is that that, that is it, though, is it's Justin Fields and possibly Roshan Johnson, DJ Moore and Komet. And, I mean, I've got no real interest in Darnell Mooney because he gets a few targets, but um, not doing much with him, is he? Yeah, I'll be Marvin Harrison next year. It wouldn't be a bad little room, would it, if, uh, if Justin <laughs> can keep that job? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we were um, forecast the first two picks, but I, I'm not sure we're going to get number one now. I think we'll... We've got an easier schedule coming up and hopefully we'll win a few more games. But Marvin Harrison could be in play depending on how many um, quarterbacks go. So, um, yeah, I'm keeping my fingers crossed for that one. Yeah, I mean, you obviously, I assume, watched a bit more of the game than I've seen the highlights. But from what I saw, Sam Howell, I quite like Sam Howell. And people aren't really in on him. He's got, you know, passing volumes a joke, really. 52 passing attempts in this game. But uh, I, I like what I see. What did, what did you make of him? Yeah, he's good. he's good. He has some really good throws in him. Occasionally, he occasionally holds the ball too long and he gets sacked quite a lot as well. I listened to um, establish the run earlier with Evan and um, Adam Levitan and they were saying that the scheme's not always great for him because there's free runners at him. Either he's not picking up the protections or, or, or what, but people seem to get a free run in him for sacks and he holds the ball. And he, he's on pace at the moment for 99 sacks, which is incredible. But um yeah, he's, I do like him. I do like some of the stuff that he does. And you've got to remember, this is probably his first year as well. I know he's not a rookie anymore, but this is his first year playing, isn't he? He's looked, he's looked okay at times, hasn't he? He has. It's difficult, though, because he was a fifth-round pick. And even though he's looked okay, that job just still isn't secure. I do like him a lot. I think they need to sort of stick with him and see what they've got. But, um, yeah, there's no guarantees. I love that you called him Evan as well, as if you and him are pals. What's going on there? Well, he's a Bears fan, so we're uh, we're connected. Yeah, you and Evan, nice. <laughs> I'll be chucked off the adjust your ranks pod soon. <laughs> um, I mean, running back room, Brian Robinson, he's still the lead back, but there was nothing really happening for them on the ground, really. They had a few targets to Gibson through the air, but nothing really going on, was there? They actually stopped running the ball second half. They stopped running the ball. Is that because the Bears are so fierce in defence? I mean, what, what talk to me? They just stopped running it. They've just thrown it about and, and just using Gibson. So that's why Robinson scored low. They just literally stopped running the ball. I think he's wound me up massively this year, Jahan Dotson. Yeah, same. Yeah, he's another terrible box score for him this week, wasn't it? Free oh. from five for 30 yards. Terrible. I've got him in, the, in our home league redraft because it's 14 teams. I can't really drop him for anyone because there's no one on waivers, but it's driving me absolutely nuts. Um, I'll tell you, he has been brilliant, though, and we called it a few weeks ago and we couldn't believe he was on waiver wires. But Logan Thomas, when he's fit and healthy, he's just been excellent this year. He's such a good value. Yeah, he looked he looked really good last week and he was their leader in receptions, I believe, wasn't he? He was, yeah. Nine, nine receptions, 11 targets, um, 77 yards, one touchdown. But 
I mean, for tight end, that's uh, not a bad little performance after nearly his head cut off the other week. He was on waivers everywhere, wasn't he? And we kind of said, pick him up because someone's got to be the tight end one there. Yeah, I mean, I picked him up in quite a few. I've got him in leagues where I'm not competing, but people still don't want to buy. I just find it a bit mad. If it's, if it's tight end premium league, you know, you should be picking up or trading for Thomas because he's just quite an easy plug and play starter when he's healthy. Yeah, he's got the role to himself there. And you've got to remember the guy who's um, who's the offensive coordinator there and his previous tight end. So they do. he's going to skim for the tight end. So um, just consider that if you're looking at Logan Thomas. Yeah, well, um, are you done waxing lyrical about your bears? Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, I'm happy. I've um, I've got the tissues, but yeah, you're good to go. Nice. Well, uh, let's take us to London for Jaguars versus Bills. So, ends up Jaguars 25, Bills 20. Back-to-back wins in London for Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, they are the London team and it was a good game. I mean, I saw this. This was uh, I was looking around for where it was, was, to be honest. I was cruising through Sky Sports, couldn't find it anywhere. It turns out it was on ITV, which wound me up because the commentators were dreadful. Um, but it was a good game. Did you see much of this one? I didn't actually catch much of this one. I've only seen the highlights because it was uh, it was my little one's birthday and we had family over. I couldn't exactly put the NFL on, could I? So, um, yeah, I didn't catch a lot of this one. I need the highlights. Oh, decent. Well, I, I was quite lucky. The missus was working. So, 2.30, I did Jaguars. 4.30, did Arsenal. 6, did Red Zone. And, um, yeah, it was a lovely day. Um, but it was really, really good. I mean, Josh Allen was, was excellent. But this was really about... Travis Etienne, he was just fantastic again. Dominated carries on the ground, put up 136 yards, nudged in a couple of touchdowns, great through the air. I mean, he was the difference maker. Really, really good. I know that I sort of soured on Etienne a little bit over the off-season, but you went fully in, I think, didn't you? How are you feeling? Yeah, I was all in on um, Travis Etienne. I thought that the receiving work may come. I just think they wanted to work him in a bit more, but um, I think this is even beyond what I expected, and um, he looks like a league winner if he can stay fit, doesn't he? He really, really does. And, you know, Bigsby's not really mixing the taking much work away. He's just getting a couple of random carries. So he was fantastic. I mean, the Bills on the ground, you know, didn't really do much. James Cook quite disappointing. Um, yeah, well, wasn't fun at all. And I don't know, Stefan Diggs was Stefan Diggs. He was fantastic again. Another one who's been really, really disappointing. And I don't know if we should be surprised. It's Dawson Kincaid. I think everyone's waiting for this big breakout week. And I just don't know when it's going to come because... It's fairly even between him and Dawson Knox. I mean, from a dynasty perspective, he's taken a bit of a bit of a tumble from where he's drafted, isn't he? Yeah, it's disappointing because I've I've got him in a couple, and I am expecting that big game. But Dawson Knox is still there with more targets at the moment, isn't he? He is, and I mean, I've got a bit of exposure. To, I, I took sort of one or two of all of these guys. I've got a couple of Michael Mayer, which um, you know we'll get onto a bit later. But yeah, Kincaid for where he was drafted, he was likely okay. going in the first round, wasn't he, or at least the late first in non-premium leagues and. Yeah, it's not quite here. If you've spent that pick, you're probably quite disappointed for now. Yeah, I mean, just been... just um, just one thing on the Bills. It's been very consistent lately from Gab- Gabe Davis, hasn't it? Really has, and he's a player that I I don't think either of us have really liked, and <laughs> he's sort of always been touted for a breakout. But um, fourth year breakout is that a thing now? Because uh, you know he's, he's the overall uh, wide receiver fourteen at the moment, which um, I don't think anyone really projected. Very small sample size, obviously, but very consistent. Yeah, he kind of upset a lot of people last year because, I mean, two years ago, he got the four touchdowns in the playoff game and then he started out well last year, but then he got the high ankle sprain and it kind of affected him all year. But he's kind of having the year now that people expected last year, isn't he? Yeah, it really is. Um, I mean, I've got him in a couple of couple of leagues and I don't know what I'd sell him for, really, because people don't want to pay a second, which um, I find a bit mad, actually. But 
here we are. I can, I'll try and move off if I can because I don't really like him. I like to roster players that I actually like. And yeah, but good on him. He's doing very well. I mean, bit of a split between Ridley and Kirk this week. And Ridley was a bit ahead, but, uh, you know, both very usable, aren't they? Both had eight targets uh, on the box score. Um, Ridley caught seven and Kirk caught six. So, um, yeah, it's fairly even this week. And then uh, the boy Zay Jones comes in and takes the touchdown. So, I mean, Zay Jones is such a weird player because there's not a single person who ever wants to trade for him. I've got him in loads of leagues and you can't even get a third, but he's actually really good. Yeah, he's been fairly consistently producing for the Jaguars since he's been there, really, hasn't he? I mean, he got a, a decent-sized deal when he went there and keep, people kind of ridiculed it, but he's he's been worth the money so far, hasn't he? He really has, and uh, he, I feel like he's a bit of a roster clogger sometimes because you don't really like starting him, but whenever you do, he's generally fine. He gets sort of between sort of 10 to 14 points when he plays, and you know, you're quite pleased with that in your flex spot. Yeah, in, into, the, uh, into the tight end room is a bit of a down week from Evan Ingram, but you, you sometimes get these, don't you? Yeah, and I think the important thing is it was a down week. He got four catches for 28 yards, but he got eight targets. I mean, that's the important one. Any tight end that's getting eight targets, you've, you're probably fairly pleased, aren't you? And, you know, he's, he's generally been fine. I'm not concerned about him. He's, uh, he's going to be fine, isn't he? Yeah, most weeks he's, he's fairly decent and has a decent floor. I think this was just one of those weeks, wasn't it? Yeah, it really is. I mean, just back onto the tight ends then, really. So Dalton Kincaid, obviously really hyped, went really early in drafts, and I think he was going mid-first in these tight end premium leagues. Would you be interested in trying to buy low, or are you just sort of steering clear? I would be interested in uh, in buying low. I mean, in leagues where I'm maybe sort of tanking and I've got maybe Hawkinson or, or Andrews, I'd probably look to go Kincaid and some picks to uh, to sort of go down a level and get some picks. So that'd be my move for probably Kincaid in, in rebuilding sides. But even in our teams, I guess, teams where I'm contending, I maybe could try and pick him up for a second. I don't know. It really depends on your situation, doesn't it? It is. I think it's a tough one to try and pick up for a second if they've bought him for a, a late first because they're just not going to want to do that. The only way you're going to do it, I think, as you said, if you're if a competing side has got him and, and you can give them someone that's going to help them now and, and, and you sort of tear tear down, as it were, Otherwise, I don't know if there's a, a buy low, is there? It's, uh, I certainly wouldn't let him go for a, a random second if I've paid a mid first. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Is, is what you're going to get him for. I think it is going to be a throw in, isn't it, on, a, on another deal or, or as part of a, a rebuild? Yeah, absolutely that. I mean, I've got Hawkinson on a side that I thought I was going to compete. We were chatting earlier in the DMs and I'm sort of debating if I can move off of Hawkinson for, for Kincaid. It's almost that exact situation. The Kincaid owner is a competing side. I'm one and four despite having a really good side. So I might um, investigate that and see. But at the moment, Hawkinson, Jesus, we'll get on to it. But arrows up for him. Yeah, definitely with, uh, with the injury that we'll talk about. But just a quick thing on this Jacksonville-Buffalo uh, game. Buffalo, were, I've, I've read on and I've seen some of the highlights that they were very lethargic and apparently they only got to London on the Thursday or the Friday and apparently they was all tired and struggled with the travel. And um, this week, the Ravens obviously playing on Sunday, they got to London on Monday, apparently. So they've kind of learnt from it. Yeah, well, I've got the, um, obviously we've had a look at the, the media availability. The, the Jaguars, I think, not the Jaguars, the Ravens this week, for example, have, have been here all week they've had availability to see them for sort of you know three days but I don't think the bills were the same because I, I couldn't quite make it they had one day of availability so as you said it looks like they just cruised in expected to have no jet lag and just cruise about have a cup of tea and carry on but it doesn't quite work like that does it when you're traveling sort of seven eight hours across the uh, across the pond 
especially when the London Jaguars are so settled as well. Yeah, I mean, they, they well, for a couple of weeks for them, really, because that's a massive win against the Bills. Yeah, definitely. So um, I'll take us down to Atlanta. So Houston Texans 19, Atlanta Falcons 21. So Stroud was decent in his work. Again, still no interceptions. And I think he's got the longest, uh, is it completions without an interception for a rookie? I think it is. He's got some sort of record. They, that's the one, yeah. They stuck it up on the screen, didn't they? But um, yeah, I mean, nothing amazing, but um, he was fairly solid in, in the work that he did. Damien Pierce again, really uh, a bit of a quiet game again, but they didn't really um, they didn't really get much going on anywhere apart from Dalton Schultz, did they? No, they didn't really. I mean, Damien Pierce he was fairly quiet, but he got twenty carries, and if one of those goes for a touchdown, suddenly you're looking at a fifteen point game, and he's fine, isn't he? So didn't really concern me, but um, yeah, Dalton Schultz seems to have just come back out of nowhere, doesn't he? Two weeks yeah. in a row. Yeah, I think he's kind of been the uh, the intermediate target, I think, and. Um, yeah, he's been used a lot more the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, seven from 10 receptions for 65 yards and a touchdown. That's fairly decent volume as well, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. I mean, he just seemed to get the targets, didn't he? And our boy Nico Collins, he's um, had a bit of a down week. I think he's, he's due one, to be fair. He's had a couple of excellent weeks. And, yeah, I think we can let him off. What about the uh, the Falcons? What did you make of the Falcons? Bit of a, uh, a bit of a game from Ridder this week, wasn't it? It was. I mean, the Falcons, I don't know if it was just the camera angle. I don't know if you've seen this new overhead camera angle but everything looks amazing to be honest with you yeah. uh, see, see this um Bijan robinson left-handed catch around the back touchdown reception was incredible um i mean Bijan, it just seems like they're not quite letting him go off though at the moment at 14 carries it's not quite enough he's not lighting up the box scores is he but you still just have to plug him and play because it will come he just looks completely effortless from every plays doesn't he yeah he's very smooth very uh very efficient and just explosive isn't he I mean Tyler Algier got more carries last week yeah I don't know if they're just sort of why would you try and sort of wean him in I don't really understand what they're doing but I mean it's a win for them you can't really argue too much but I mean Desmond Ridd I don't think anyone expected he'd go for 329 yards so excellent performance from Desmond and uh, he's very much available in leagues that I've got him Finally, some work for Drake London as well he took a lovely sideline catch where he went over the defender and got it and yeah six from nine for 78 yards yeah, I saw that, and his helmet came off, and he was going nuts, and I, you know, I quite like that. He's a hard one, though. I actually benched Drake London in in two leagues this week, just because uh, it's hard to trust, isn't it? Until you see this consistently, it's very hard to be confident in what you're going to get. But looking encouraging, um, very much encouraging, because I think we all agree that Ridder was probably on the brink of losing his job. Um, but this is a big win for them. Speaking of encouraging, we uh, we got a Carl Pitts week. Well, I don't want to say anything, mate, but um, I met Cole Pitts and a week later he's getting 11 targets, 87 yards. And, you know, um, it was uh, very encouraging. 11 targets for Cole Pitts. And, yeah, just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Yeah, he actually looked good as well. He looked explosive. And they highlighted a few clips in London the week before where he was kind of a bit gammy on his knee. But he looked fine this week, didn't he? Yeah, and I think we have to remember that he did have quite a serious knee injury. I think it was his meniscus or something, wasn't it? He had surgery and... He wasn't really practicing in the off-season. He came back. When I saw him, he was wearing a massive knee brace. He was like Stone Cold Steve Austin. So, you know, maybe um, all that put together. He's still only 23. I mean, very, very encouraging. Yeah, I mean, I've not traded him away in leagues where I've got him because it's Dynasty and I just think he's going to hit at some point. But um, it has been tempting the last few weeks to try and explore deals, but I haven't. I've just left him on the bench and I've, I've got Laporte over him in a couple of, uh, a couple of leagues, so I'm lucky. But... 
I can't trade him away yet. Can you trade him away in Dynasty? No, no, not at all. I, I don't. I, I sort of regret not trading for him a bit more because um, I think people will be encouraged by this performance now, and his price will sort of stabilise. But no, I'm not trading him away. I think it's all there, isn't it? And even in this game, Johnny Smith got seven targets, and all it takes is for a couple of those to go to Cole Pitts and a touchdown, and suddenly you're looking at a ridiculous score. So yeah, hang on, and just got to hope really because the one thing that's very consistent with the Falcons, they're not targeting anyone in the wide receiver room outside of Drake London. They just don't really care. I mean, everyone else got two targets. It's just pointless, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it is London, Pitts and Bijan, which is their three high picks, as it should be, really, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, if you've got any worries that Jefferson, not Jefferson, uh, Van Jefferson is going to come in and take any work. I mean, what a weird trade that was from the Rams. Yeah, I mean, I kind of said it in our NFL group yesterday, another guy to not throw to. Yeah, I mean, that just sums it up, really. I mean, they've got Mac Hollins not using him, Scotty Miller not using him. I don't really see the point in Van Jefferson going there. I can see why he wants to move, but yeah, I mean, not not going to move the needle at all, is it? No, a waste of time. So um, take me down to uh, Detroit. I'll take you down to 8 Mile, mate. And um, so it ends up being Lions 42, Panthers 24. I mean, it was an interesting game in that Bryce Young looked quite encouraging. The box score was really encouraging for me through three touchdowns, a couple of interceptions mixed in. But I was quite encouraged by Bryce Young's performance in this, despite it being a loss. And I suppose the big takeaway for the Panthers is that Adam Phelan, for a contending side, is a really, really good option. I mean, 13 targets and he goes for over 100 yards. He's been very consistent this year, 33. But we had a little chat in the groups, didn't we? And I think if you're a contending side, Adam Phelan's a really, really good value at this point. Yeah, I mean, we was trying to work out his his value, wasn't we? And I think I think we all kind of settled on a on a second, maybe, but because the volume is incredible at the minute, and he's always going to get touchdowns because he's always been good in the red zone. So, yeah, I guess if you're a contender, he might be thirty three, and it might only be for this season, but he's probably worth that second, isn't he? Yeah, he really is. And uh, I think I settled on that I'd pay a second, but I'd want feeling in a third back or something. But I, I can I can see it, and I mean, even DJ Chark, I know you've been trying to do your salesman pitch everywhere. But I think there's just, they're going to be losing a lot of games, aren't they? And there's going to be lots of targets go, to go round. And yeah, DJ Sharks are really good downfield weapons. So yeah, I, I was quite encouraged by the, by the Panthers, despite it being a bit of a blowout. Yeah. I mean, Bryce Young has looked really good in most of the games, but then he has these mistakes or these interceptions or these fumbles and it kind of sets him back a bit in the eyes of people. But, there are moments in games when he looks really comfortable in the pocket and he, he has some lovely throws and then he has the bad moments and that's kind of what sticks with people. But he's looked very comfortable in, in some of his work, hasn't he? He has. And there's a lot of talk this week. And I, I found it really bad, actually. I've seen a few articles saying Dynasty stopped down for Bryce Young. And there's talk that actually the, the owner wanted Bryce Young, but the coaches wanted CJ Stroud. And I don't really understand all the discourse around Bryce Young, really, because it's his best performance. Through three touchdowns, he's got a connection with his receivers. Nothing really going in the run game because Sanders was rubbish and um, Hubbard's just okay. And actually puts up a really good performance. So I think it's a bit harsh that there's been a lot of um, a lot of talk about him this week. What do you make of that? I didn't like the uh, I didn't like the Frank White press conference. I thought he was out of order, to be honest. And yeah, I've kind of I've kind of soured on Frank White a little bit. He was kind of good when he was the offensive coordinator at Philadelphia. I expected more from him at the Colts, despite all the quarterback upheaval and I don't know I don't know if he's a bit of a fraud now these days I really hated that press conference yeah I just don't understand what you're hoping to achieve from that they've, they've traded up paid the world to get that number one overall pick 
invested in Bryce Young. Here we are five games into the season and you're giving that sort of press conference. And there's obviously been some sort of leaks to the media that he didn't want him and all this sort of nonsense. And I, I don't know, it leaves a bit of a sour taste really for me. And I really like Bryce Young and I don't know if there's still a, much of a window to get him. I just don't know. It'll really depend which roster he's on, won't it? But I mean, if he's available, I'd, I'd happily pick him up. Yeah, I mean, there's talk that Carolina are going to try and do everything they can to to get a wide receiver before the deadline as well. I know there's been a lot of links with Jerry Judy, and um, he was apparently now started following all the Panther players. So that's maybe one to keep an eye on. But um, Judy Thielen and Chark may be a bit more helpful for um, for Bryce Young, might and especially maybe how Judy gets open sometimes, that might be some help, might it? Yeah, it might do. I mean, he's not the best receiver, but in terms of balance, that's not a bad little group, is it? And um, Yeah, I suppose just on the running backs before we move on, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but Miles Sanders, I mean, Jesus, he was he was rubbish. I mean, put up 0.2 fantasy points. I had to start him in one league just because there were so many injuries, and he's just a bit of a bum. Yeah, he's been, um, he's been quite poor this season. I think he's a bit banged up as well. He's had groin issues and shoulder issues, but... Yeah, he's been very, very disappointing. I mean, I've always been quite a, a big Miles Sanders fan, but yeah, he's been poor this year. I mean, their O-line's rubbish, but yeah, he's been poor and probably a bit outperformed by Hubbard as well, hasn't he? He has. I mean, Hubbard's a player that I've always been quite fond of and I've got him in a couple of leagues, but I mean, Sanders got paid a decent contract when other players didn't and yeah, he's just not very good. I, I don't really know what to make of it. But um, anyway, let's move on to have a chat through chat through the uh, the Lions because, I mean, they've been been very good haven't they and despite the wide receiver and being completely empty I picked up our boy Josh Reynolds and started him in two leagues and did the job for me again he's just so reliable when he starts isn't he yeah I've got him in a, in a few leagues and I started him this week because Amon Ross and Brown was out and I thought Reynolds would get a lot of volume and he got some decent volume and a touchdown I've got him in that guillotine league as well and he scored really well in there so um yeah a really good week from Josh Reynolds but um you just want to watch Detroit all the time because they're always in shootouts and their off- offense is really explosive, isn't it? He really is. I mean, did you see that flea flicker sort of trick play that got Sam Laporte the sort of that touchdown out on the seam on the right hand side? It was fantastic. Yeah, I watch every Sam Laporte play. Of course you do. Of course you do. <laughs> I mean, Sam Laporte again. He's just been phenomenal. Keep trade cut. I mean, it's a, a useful website to, just to get an idea of what the the market values players, and he's now rated as the number one dynasty tight end. I mean, that's um, maybe a bit of an overreaction, but I can sort of understand it. Yeah, it is an overreaction, but it is because he's a rookie and they don't usually produce first year. It's because he's young and it's because he's an explosive offense, isn't it? So it all adds up. Probably not the, the dynasty tight end one for me at the moment, but he's well on the way, isn't he? Yeah, and actually, when you think about it, you know, who would you take over him? I mean, Mark Andrews, historically, of course, but at the moment, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'd st- I think Andrews is still my number one. Yeah, possibly. Possibly. I don't know if Kelsey's interested in football. He seems to be very much uh, obsessed with Taylor Swift at the moment, and he's got a bit banged up as well, and I don't know if he's practising again yet. But, um, yeah, interesting, uh, interesting times anyway. But, I mean, David Montgomery, a player that you absolutely love um, from <laughs> – from the Bears and massive Bears, uh, David Montgomery fan, few jerseys. Very, very good again, wasn't he? And uh, obviously, Jameer Gibbs is out at the moment. I think we've got to temper expectations for Gibbs this season. He's just not going to have the role that people thought he was going to have. Yeah, I don't think um, early on he hasn't had the role. And I don't think he's going to have the role while Montgomery's doing okay. But as I said to you last week, I think 
Jameer Gibbs, when he plays, is going to be a very negative game script running back where he's in on the uh, the quick staff, on the two-minute staff, and, and when they're trailing games. And I think when they can run all over teams like they did Carolina, I think it's an ideal game for David Montgomery. I'm, I, I know you joke about it. I'm not a huge fan of David Montgomery, but he is very good at what he is, isn't he? He's uh, he's an excellent runner through the through the tackles. And as Jordy Mike says, he gets those hard yards and he's just a good all-round back, isn't he? Exactly. And I think not just for dynasty, but for real life football as well. He's exactly why you shouldn't spend a lot of capital on running backs, really. Certainly through trade, because, I mean, you could have picked up Montgomery for a second easily in the offseason in dynasty. Um, I don't think you could now, but he's just been excellent. And I agree with you about Gibbs and the negative game script. And when they're chasing, they might go to Gibbs. The issue is they're so good. I don't know if they're going to be chasing many games. Yeah, that could definitely be the issue because I think they're going to beat a lot of teams this year, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, on the slate, they've got Tampa Bay, they've got Las Vegas Raiders. The Chargers are obviously very good, but the defence isn't up to much. They're playing you boys again. I mean, I just don't see many games where they're going to be behind. So, yeah, we might have to wait a while for Jameer Gibbs. I can't recall Montgomery's contract. I think it was a couple of years. It was fairly okay money, wasn't it? So, yeah, Gibbs may just um, not be the back that we thought he was going to be. Are you saying that the Detroit Lions won't be in a negative game script against the Chicago Bears? I prefer not to speak. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the wide receivers. I mean, Jameson Williams' comeback game, two from three for two yards. I mean, he's not produced much when he's been on the pitch, has he? No, he hasn't. And uh, I saw the, not the drop, sort of the miss. And he just never really has been on the same page as, as Jared Goff. And there's been talking in camp when they were training, they were arguing, and he was liking stupid posts about... I think trying to get Lamar to Detroit, he's just a bit of a knob, I think. And I don't know. I've got him in a few leagues because, you know, you sort of had to hold him through this suspension and you can't really judge this game. What I didn't understand is they said he was going to be on a snap count. I mean, he's been banned for gambling. What do you mean on a snap count? Yeah, it didn't make much sense to me either. He's been in, he's been training with them as well, but yeah, it didn't make much sense to me, especially with uh, Amon Ross and Brown. It didn't, didn't add up really, did it? No, I've, I played him in one league just because I was completely banged up and it's the team that I'm rebuilding, so I don't really care too much. But I just thought he could have a splash play and go long and do something. But um, yeah, very disappointing. Going to have to wait a while for Jameson Williams. He, he could just be a massive bust in fairness, couldn't he? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not um, overly enthusiastic with him. I've got him in one league, but um, like you say, you've had to hold him through the suspension, haven't you? Yeah, and he's a sort of knob actually that could just get traded because I think he'll just piss piss the people off in the building and all it takes is for him to not get a few targets he'll start liking tweets and doing sort of nonsense and he'll end up moving to the Chiefs for a third he's basically Kadaris Tony isn't he I think <laughs> yeah. he just needs a rap career doesn't he exactly he needs to release an album get some headphones and he'll be in Kansas City in no time winning rings so maybe that's the play I'll take us down to Indianapolis so um Indianapolis Colts 23 the Tennessee Titans 16 but um Horrible game this one, really, for the uh, Anthony Richardson fans and and for anyone who likes to see exciting football, really, because that was horrible seeing him go down and hit like that, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, he was horrible, but I can't say it's surprising. We said like, a couple of weeks ago, didn't we, I think, that he just keeps getting hit. and I don't know, you wouldn't wish this at all, and obviously it's really, really sad news. I've got him in quite a few leagues, but I don't know. His, his play style just does just lead to this, doesn't it? And he's a big guy. He obviously falls harder than, than I would in my five foot seven frame. So, yeah, it's really disappointing. And obviously he's on IR now, isn't he, for four weeks. And did you hear the sort of the stories about him today? We're taken out by people's elbow. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dwayne Johnson uh, elbowed him. He's out for the season. <laughs> but, but there was actually talk. They were they were asking the head coach, you know, when when will he be back and will he be out for the season? And he said, we don't know. I mean, this very well could just be a not bring him back because Minshew will be fine. He can throw it about and talk. He could need surgery, and I, I don't know. It's a bit worrying for me. I do think that he could be in more trouble than they're letting on and um, I do think he could miss the season. I don't know if that is such a bad thing to try and have a bit of a reset. I mean, he could hit the ceiling. It could be huge if he if he comes back and can keep himself healthy because he's actually looked decent when he's played, hasn't he? He has. He's looked so fun and, um, you know, we, we both really like him. He's obviously an incredible athlete, but I don't know. Perhaps he needs to just grow up a little bit and choose when to sort of commit his body because... Not that it's in any way similar, but obviously Cam Newton was out of the league fairly young, to be fair, wasn't he? Sort of th- around 30, he was pretty much done, which, um, you know, it's quite young in the life of a quarterback and you don't want to see it for any of them. So, I don't know, um, they're not going to be doing much this season. Perhaps it's best to shut him down and, and see what happens. And what was the injury that kind of killed Cam? It was a shoulder, wasn't it? I think it was. Exactly. He, had sur- he had the surgery for a while and he came back and never really looked the same. And do you remember when he went back to the Panthers and he had that? He scored a touchdown in the first minute, I think, and we all thought he could be back and he just wasn't. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously a lot of the boys that we talked to about, I think Andy loves him, doesn't he? He's probably uh, very, very upset by this news. But if you've got Richardson, I've seen that you've got Minshew in about a million leagues. You paid 120 quid for Minshew in a league today, didn't you? In Fab. Yeah, hopefully I've paid 120 for a, a third pick. I kind, of explained, I kind of explained my theory on it in, in the group, didn't I? That's kind of my theory on it. One thing I would say about you, you're very good at not wasting your fab. I mean, loads of times I end up at the end of the season with loads of fab money that I've not spent. Um, so, yeah, you are good at doing it. If you get turn that into a third or even a second, you know, if you have to give Minshew and a, a third for a second, I'd, I'd do that. So, um yeah, fair play to you. I completely understand it. And I've always been a bit higher on Minshew than, than you, I think. I don't mind him. I think he's probably quite good news for, certainly for Michael Pittman and probably for, for Alec Pierce as well, because Minshew will just luzz it about a bit. Josh Downs as well. Josh Downs' receptions go up when Minshew's in. I mean, Josh Downs, we've loved him actually through the process and he, his value just tanked, but he's getting loads of work. Nearly went for 100 yards this week. Yeah, six from six as well, no drops, so very good. And he's he's got that slot roll to himself, wasn't? And you know, Minshew, I think will target that slot roll quite a lot. I mean, I'm gonna, I think Minshew's gonna be fine because they've got a good coach down there. I think Shane Steichen's gonna be good for the Colts. Yeah, and actually, you've offered me Minshew in a league, and it's a league where I was rebuilding. I found myself three and two out of nowhere. Um, I'm probably not going to do it just because I've also got um, a Chan and not much else in my running back room, so. My, my roster's dead anyway. Unless I've got a running back, I can't really pay a third for Minshew because it would be a waste of time. I basically just looked across the league and saw who had a winning record and was short of a quarterback, to be honest. Mate, that's that's the process though, isn't it? And that's what I do when I'm when I'm not doing very well or I've got players that I can shift on. Who's got a winning record? Who's at the top? And I, I genuinely start in first and just work my way down and just see what you can get. That's, uh, we're such nerds, aren't we, to be fair? Yeah, that's kind of the process. And um just one thing on the tight ends, Alec Ogletree is getting a bit more work every week. Um, I think he's one to keep an eye on. They really, really liked him last season and then he did an ACL. They've kind of worked him back in this year and apparently they're really high on him. I think they're still waiting for Jelani Woods to come back. He's taking longer to, to kind of come back, but they do really like Alec Ogletree apparently. 
The problem is that I really like Charlie Woods, as do you, but this tight end room for about the last three, four years has just cannibalised itself. And it'll be Ogletree, Granson will have a game, Mo Ali Cox is a freak athlete, and Jelani Woods is six foot eight, I think. So I don't know. I, I don't think I'd be comfortable starting any of them, to be honest with you. I do take your point. He's interesting, but I don't know if there's you can ever predict who's going to get the work. It's not like the days of Jack Doyle when you could just stick him in and he'd get nine or ten points, was it? Exactly. There's none of that sort of carry on. So speaking of a guaranteed winner, I mean, Zach Moss, um, Jonathan Taylor obviously came back this week and uh, who knows how much of that was injury and how much was contract related. But um, he was obviously on a bit of a reduced snap count. Zach Moss just went mental again, went for 165 yards and he's been really, really good. Has he done enough to like keep a role spelling time for Taylor? I think he probably has, hasn't he? Yeah, I think he's going to keep a role there. They've not got much else, really, have they? Trey Sermon's a bum, so I think Zach Moss will definitely stay involved, and I think he's definitely earned it. I mean, the ironic thing is, is Zach Moss has probably shown the Colts that they don't need to pay a running back, and they've just paid one. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, Zach Moss is a player. I remember years ago when he first came out, I saw one clip of him, and I thought I'd really like that because he did a jump cut. I mean, it's pathetic, really. Um, but he's largely been useless. And uh, I suppose it just goes to show in the right system, running backs are just easy to come across, aren't they? Yeah, I think Steichen's offense is um, is good for running backs. And they've obviously got, boy, they did have the running quarterback. But I think it's very efficient for the running backs, how he, how he works it. So I think Moss and Taylor will probably be playable for, for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think so. And um, let's have talked through the, the Titans, really. Not really a game for... For Tannehill, he wasn't very efficient at all. It's a weird one because they've got a two and three record. They're not quite bad enough to chuck it in and see what the rookie's got or, or, or see what Willis has got. But he's not been very good, Tannehill, is he? This is vintage Titans with Vrabel, isn't it? They're, they're not very good, but they stay in games. I mean, they stayed in this game through Ty J Spears with a nice... I mean, I played him in our redraft league on a bit of a whim because Javante Williams was out and... I'd seen Spears had been getting a lot of, lot of volume and I thought oh, he might just bang a touchdown in this game. And luckily he did and helped me win the week. But apart from individual moments now and then from Hopkins, Spears or Henry, there's not much there, is there? There really isn't. And you know, it wasn't really a Henry game. As you said, Spears looks so explosive. This, It's not quite at this level, but it almost reminds me of a Pollard, Zeke Elliott type situation. Henry's nowhere near as washed as Zeke was, but... Spears is very Pollard-esque, isn't he? He's very bursty, very quick. He's just quite fun. He's a great pass catcher as well, isn't he? I mean, I don't know if you saw the touchdown, but it was kind of an end around and yeah, yeah just very explosive. Yeah, he looks really, really good. And obviously, DeAndre Hopkins has still got it. And I think he's the sort of receiver who went for eight catches for 140 yards. And I just think he's going to age quite well in the league. I know that people don't like older players, but... We spoke earlier about Thielen. He's been excellent. Hopkins doesn't really rely on burst or speed. He's just a really, really good receiver. High points it well. And even with a crap quarterback, he's still putting up decent numbers. He's just going to have a, a few years left in the league, I suspect. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to say about Hopkins is he's never really relied on physical traits like speed or burst, has he? He's, he's, he's a decent athlete and he's fine and he's got enough to, to get, do what he needs to do. But... He's contested catches. Some of these catches the other day were incredible, weren't they? Yeah. I mean, my one of my favourite ever images from the NFL is that contested catch a couple of years ago in Arizona where he just comes up between about four lads with that with that ball. And he hasn't lost it, has he? He's just so good in those contested situations. He was excellent again this weekend. So, yeah, I, I really like He's very different, as you say, to like a Julio Jones who relied on 
his sort of physical traits and his speed. Hopkins is just not that player. So do you think he sort of ends the season with the Titans though? And it was a bit of a weird pickup in the first place and they're not really going to do much. Are they going to keep him? Vrabel won't trade anyone because he thinks they're going to be competitive all the way, doesn't he? <laughs> That's exactly what's going to happen. Exactly what's going to happen. They'll be starting Tannehill week 16 and, you know, <laughs> with like a, <laughs> a terrible record. But yeah, you're probably right. Nice bit of volume for Chiga Conquo there. A little bit of a return. Finally. I'll tell you who else got some work. My boy Trayvon Wesco, West Virginia lad. So yeah, he got one reception and I'm victory lapping it. <laughs> This is my life now. I'm victory lapping a bloke who's been in the league for four years because he's got one catch. Lovely. You've got to take what you can get. I will take it. He was excellent in West Virginia. So, uh, yeah, very, very pleased. So, yeah, don't go out and take Trayvon Wesco. Pick up Chig. Um, it was it, encouraging, though, wasn't it? Nine targets for Chig. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's what we wanted to see. I mean, are you trying to last out this game so we don't move to the next one? You could say that, to be honest with you. Um, let's go to it, though. Let's talk about my Giants. Um, <laughs> do we have to? I mean, we are. I said in the group a few times this week. I genuinely think the Giants are the worst side in the league, borderline with the Patriots. We are abysmal. So it ends up the Giants sixteen, Dolphins thirty-one, and it could have been a lot worse. I don't think the Dolphins needed to. This is a team that could have set a record score the other week, but decided to be nice. I think they just felt a bit sorry for us, really. I mean, our O-line is decimated. It's just doing absolutely nothing. Jones is getting smashed all the time. I think he was sacked four times in the first half. It was just a disaster, really. He couldn't really get it going on the ground. He only threw 20 times. I mean, it's just a disaster. Matt Breeder couldn't really get anything going on the ground. And I suppose the wide receiver, and I went on a rant in the off-season. If you can remember a few times, we kept picking up all these loser uh, wide receivers and I sort of made the point that none of them are that good. They're all sort of wide receiver four or fives. And that's sort of where we are. I mean, Wandale Robinson can't stay healthy. Slayton's fine, but not really suited to what we're doing. Campbell, fine, but he's not really great. Hodgson's disappointing. So, I don't know. This is really disappointing. I mean, Darren Waller actually looked all right. Got a load of volume. And then he's injured again this week. So, we're just dreadful. I don't know what, when we're going to win a game, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think your dreadful O-line has broken Daniel Jones' neck as well, isn't it? Yeah, he's going to miss this week. And he's he's had neck surgery, I think, before as well. He's, he's not exactly um, got a great clean record with his neck, but he's not going to play this week. And it looks like Tyrod Taylor's going to lead the Giants. And I mean, what is the point? We're going to be dreadful. And we're trotting out Tyrod Taylor, a 34-year-old quarterback. It's, yeah, I mean, it's really, really tough. I mean, you talk to me as a non-Giant fan. What do you make of this? Are we as terrible as I say? I just think a little bit of what you said, where the wide receiver room is just very, very bland, isn't it? I mean, you've got players that you should be using more in Wandow and Jalen Hyatt, and Jalen Hyatt didn't get any work this week, which is, you know, I don't I don't understand it for where you took him, and you're still working in people like Slayton and Campbell and Hodgins who have not really done anything this year. You might as well at least try Wandow and Jalen Hyatt and to feature them a bit more, but you're just not, are you? No, and he played 46% of the snaps higher, and he's not exactly known for his blocking. What is he doing out there? I just don't really get what we're doing. The line's one thing, but when you're losing and you've got a quarterback, actually, Daniel Jones has got a good deep ball. When he's got time to throw, he's got a good deep ball. Just just spread him out and run some go routes. And I don't know, it doesn't really seem to be working. And we've had Evan Neal and people like that slagging us off and Evan Neal moaning about his own fans, calling us entitled and boo loud, all this sort of carry on. It's just a bit of a disaster, really, in New York. And, I mean, I can only imagine what the New York media are saying at the moment as well, probably getting absolutely panned. And 
obviously Saquon Barkley frustrates me as well because it sounded like he was really close to playing last week and then he misses this week. Is he fit? Is he just not wanting to play? Obviously, he's on the franchise tag and we chucked him an extra few quid, but what incentive has he got to play? He's on a one-year deal and why would he come back? What's the point? I don't think he fancies running behind that O-line either, does he? No, why would he? He's got a history of injury in this league. He's on a one-year deal on a side that's losing and he got paid, I think, an extra million dollars to to stick around. I mean, what is the point? So, not really what you want, is it? A, a running back that is your only decent player, not really wanting to play, and the rest of the side absolutely dreadful. So, yeah, awful. Can we move on to the Dolphins? Can you talk to me? Just just one thing about uh, just one thing about the Giants. You really miss Big Andrew Thomas, don't you? We really do, really do. Actually, it was really good last year, and we're just a mess. I, I don't I don't know what we do about it because. I don't know. I'm upset. I'm taking one of your phrases. I'm very upset by it all. <laughs> Let's move on to uh, the Dolphins. So, Tua, just um, another Tua game, really, except for the two poor interceptions, which were pretty poor, to be fair. But 22 from 30 for 308 yards, two touchdowns. It's kind of becoming his floor these days. And Tyreek Hill, the, uh, eight from nine for 181 yards, just a vintage Tyreek Hill game. Jalen Waddle, five from 10, 35 yards with a touchdown. So, efficient in his work. But Devon A-Chain, 11 carries for 151 yards, but he's picked up the knee injury and he's probably out for six weeks now, isn't he? Yeah, well, he's on IR, isn't he? He's going to miss the four weeks and they've got their bye week. So suddenly he's out until week 11. And, you know, again, we've said it a few times, we don't like to see players injured, but this is the thing we had with, with A-Chain, didn't we? We said a few times he's just a bit too small and who knows if the size has impacted this injury. We just don't know, do we? But all I know, he's not going to stiff arm someone. He's going to get smashed a lot, isn't he? Unless it's a perfect sort of gap in an outside zone scheme. I just don't know if you can rely on him. It's He's going to take these hits, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, they do scheme quite well where he's not taking a lot of hits, but he is undoubtedly going to take hits. And it's just how he deals with those. I mean, I don't know if if his size has played much in, in this because it's a knee injury. And I think he's probably just twisted it in a, in a weird way, but... Yeah, I mean, it's going to happen in, it, in in this league. And yeah, I just it's just one of those things. But it's sad to see a player that explosive out of the league. I mean, they've got enough running backs there to do with it. They've got Mostert and they've got um, Chris Brooks and they've got Salvin Ahmed, I think is a decent pickup. But um, they've got another guy coming back off IR that we might talk about later as well. We may well do. And I've got Mostert and I think it's just wheels up for Mostert. And didn't think I'd really say say this because uh you know we talked about not buying running backs if you're a competing side in dynasty and you can pay a second for most of that, i'd do it all day i think to be honest with you if i can't get this other lad off of um waivers that you're going to mention i'd be interested in picking up most of that for a late second because i just think he's going to be really really good i mean he's 31 years old will, will a second get in do you think i think it would i think it would it well it depends which um which side is on doesn't it if he's on a a side that is sitting one and four at the bottom of the league, they're, they're going to be over the moon to get out of him for a second. But if not, you know, it might be a bit tricky, but it's worth worth trying, I think, because a few months ago, you could easily have got uh, got him for a second, couldn't you? You'd have been delighted to sell for it. Yeah, definitely. Just a, note, a quick note on the uh, Dolphins before we leave. Zero from the tight end room again. Yeah, not good, is it? Not good at all. I mean, Durham Smythe uh, started the season quite well and we were quite impressed. He was getting a bit of work, but... Why would you throw to him when you've got Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle? I'll tell you who else has been all right, to be fair. Cedric Wilson. We said that he was sort of looking at the money. He's the one that's going to rise up. And he's been okay, actually. 
Yeah, he's just a complimentary piece now, isn't he? He's, he's, he's fine for what he is, and he'll do some of the dog work and some of the heavy carrying at wide receiver. He's ideal, really, isn't he? He is, but you're uh, another one of your favourite boys, Chase Claypool, um, was inactive this week. They only traded from last week. I mean, he could potentially have a role, even if it's not as a tight end. He could line up on the outside as a just a big-bodied wide receiver to give them something different. And I don't think he will because he's an absolute knob, but um, there, there is potentially a path to get some usage, I think. I think the only role he'll probably have is bringing the drinks on for the quick lads. Yeah, that's if he can turn up to, to training on time because, um, you know, get him a watch maybe. But I don't know. We'll see. I mean, the final thing I just want to talk about on the Dolphins – I mean, did you see the uh, the rush that Tyreek Hill did? I've never seen anything like it. He's the first player this season to reach 22 miles per hour in a sprint, and he was just bombing past the Giants lads, and it was embarrassing, to be honest with you. He was even turning around looking at the lads chasing him. It was incredible. He is like, absolutely electric to watch, isn't he? I don't think I've seen anyone move the way he does. You always get this, oh, the new Tyreek Hill. Nobody's like him, are they? They're really not. And I think you and I were a little bit wrong on him, in fairness, because I think about 18 months ago, we started selling off Tyreek Hill and worried that the end was coming. He's very explosive and that will reduce as he gets older. It just isn't, is it? No, he's just so explosive and so quick. I don't I don't know how a human is like that, to be fair, because it's just it's like a computer game speed, isn't it? It really is. And he probably took it a bit, bit personally. You know, the Michael Jordan little meme when uh, people were saying that A-Chan got the fastest carry this season and uh, Tyreek Hill goes and blows it the next week. He's just phenomenal. Yeah. So um, do we want to talk about this game in New England? I mean, we've got, some, we've got a few Pats fans in our NFL group. They're not going to want this one, are they? I think we've got to do it, mate, because uh, there's a, quite a bit to talk about, I think, isn't there? So New England Patriots, zero, New Orleans Saints, 34. 34-0 to Uncle Bill. I never thought I'd see the day. But um, Mac Jones' box score, minus 2.6. What are we saying? I might have quite a lot to say about this, lad, to be fair. He might get a mention later, but this is just an absolute disaster. I mean, that's the second week in a row he's been benched for Bailey Zappi, a lad that they cut like a month ago and were happy to let other teams try and claim off waivers, and nobody did. I mean, it's, it's crazy, really, the mess that they're in. And I, I don't really understand it. Well, I suppose I do, because the, the weapons are crap. But um, it doesn't really seem to make any sense, does it? I was listening to a, a podcast that did like a 30-minute like um, analysis and, and breakdown of the New England Patriots in total. And they were saying they've not got any superstars. They've not got any offense. And the defense is struggling and the special teams are struggling. It's like... What are they actually good at? And there's nothing really, is there? There really isn't. I think we all expected that Juju would be a bit of a target hog and, you know, it'd be a volume play. And he's been absolute dust. I mean, he went for six yards this week on three catches. That's, that's very hard to do. Parker, they strangely just gave another three-year deal to, not really doing anything. I mean, it's just a, such a weird, weird group. And, I mean, Demario Pop Douglas, we both really like. But um, I think he exit with a possible concussion, didn't he? So, I mean, they're just an absolute mess. But I'll tell you one lad that we've never been in on. We're very right not to be in. Ramondre Stevenson. People were touting him as like the running back three in Dynasty over the off-season. I wasn't having any of it. Neither were you. He's been dreadful. Yeah, I wanted no part of him. He wasn't going to get the work he got last year and he's not actually that good anyway. But, um, yeah, he's been very poor. His yards per, um, yards per carry is well down and 
part of that is yellow line, but I think part of that is just that he's not very talented anyway. But um, Zeke Elliott is kind of taking over a little bit from him as well, isn't he? They're only using they're only using Zeke in the pass game. They're not even using Ramondre in the pass game anymore. No, he's sort of out carrying him. He's out scoring him at the moment. And I mean, Zeke's not been good either. You can't really start him, but at least Zeke didn't really cost you anything. Whereas Ramondre cost quite a lot if you had to trade or where you drafted him. So, I mean, it's just a disaster. You can't start any of them. And I think in redraft, you can't roster anyone. I mean, you probably would roster Ramondre Stevenson just if you had him. But I mean, I'm going to cut Juju. I think I've got him in redraft and I cannot start the bloke. What do you do? Yeah, I mean, Alex in um, one of our NFL group is... Um... He cut Juju in a dynasty league, and it's kind of like I understood it. It's like he's just a roster clogger, really. He's not doing anything, and his future doesn't look great. And I don't think anyone would be trying to pick him up either. No, that, I mean that's tough in a dynasty league, but I can see it because I think the cutoff really in dynasty for keeping a lad is if you can get a third, you keep him and try and get a third at some point. I don't think anyone's going to pay a third for Juju. No, I don't think anyone's buying Juju at the minute. No, they're not going to bother. And suddenly he's on a one-year deal. No, he got a three-year, $33 million deal, didn't he? So he is in New England for the foreseeable future. I suppose the only hope is that maybe they get a new quarterback. But even with that, they need so much to, to happen there. Maybe a change in coach, maybe a change in coordinator, some other weapons, better. I mean, they just need everything, don't they? I mean, their best bet might just be tanking and trying to get Caleb or Drake May because... It's really, really bleak. There's nothing on offense. There's not a lot on defense. And it's just really, really poor. The whole roster's really poor. I mean, I think the cornerback they took in the first round, I can't remember his name now, not Gonzalez. It was Gonzalez, wasn't it? I think it was Gonzalez. I think he's out on IR as well, isn't he? So, I mean, he's a one bright spot that was looking good. And I think he's. Judon as well. Judon was good. He's out. Yeah. So, I mean, even the, the promising sparks, they're going to miss. And. I mean, the one lad who has been okay, surprisingly okay this season, has been Hunter Henry. But even he, the last couple of weeks, has, has done nothing. So, I don't know. I think Patriots generally, in fantasy, you cannot use any of them, can you? And I mean, I've got Mac Jones in, I think, two dynasty leagues just because he was a really good value. You know, me and quarterbacks, I always pick him up if they drop to the second. But, I mean, what on earth do you do if you've got Mac Jones in dynasty? You, you have to just ride it out. You can't, you can't cut him and no one's going to move for him, are they? You've kind of got to hope that um, they pick up a little bit of the Patriots and he becomes usable for a couple of weeks and then just try and sell him off of that. But it's not looking very promising, is it? No, it really isn't. It They've really, got a really terrible isn't. schedule coming up as well. Have you seen their schedule? I haven't. No, talk to me. So, yeah, their schedule. So, obviously, they played the Saints last week. They've got uh, Vegas, an easy one, obviously, this week. Then they've got Buffalo, Miami, Washington, Indianapolis, the Bayer. Then they've got the Giants, Chargers, Steelers, Chiefs, Broncos, Bills again. Jesus, I mean, that's brutal. I mean, Bill's adamant that he's going to be the start of this season. I think Bill O'Brien, uh, starting next week, sorry, Bill O'Brien said the same. So I don't know how much longer that carries on. I mean, there's not even any point in them trading for someone, is there? So it is going to be zappy if, if Jones isn't the starter. I even heard someone say they should have a look at Will Greer, and my heart just lit up. No, I mean, that, was, that was you talking in the mirror, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? If they start Will Greer and he turns his franchise around, honestly, mate, I'm going to be so happy. I'm going to wear my Will Greer jersey on Sunday when I see you. So <laughs> um, just get yourself ready. If Will Greer comes in and turns this around, mate, that will be fantastic. I've got a nice little surprise top that I'm going to wear on Sunday that I've had for a few years. I'm, I'm not going to tell you what it is yet, but it'll be a nice surprise for you on Sunday. Good, good. As long as it's not, uh, you know, Kadaris, Tony, Giants, I'll, I'll be all right. 
So uh, just going on to the Saints, nice bit of a comeback game for Derek Carr. I mean, he's, he's had the injury. He's been a bit banged up with the uh, with the shoulder, hasn't he? But um, he looked fine, didn't he? I mean, he didn't really have to do much against this Patriots side, just cleaning his work and very efficient in his work. Um, nice game for Alvin Kamara, 22 carries for 80 yards. He got the touchdown. Bit of work from Kendra Miller as well, wasn't it? 12 carries for 37 yards and four receptions for 53 yards. Yeah, I think a lot of that was um, sort of garbage time. They were so far up, so why not trot him out and get him some work? But, you know, encouraging to see because obviously he missed a lot of time with his knee, didn't he? And, yeah, I mean, Kamara, just going back a little bit, Kamara looks fantastic. I mean, if you're a competing side, you can get hold of Kamara. Uh, you need to do it, I think, because he's just looking uh, possibly better than he used to look, which is mad. Looks really fresh and he just gets so much volume there, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, his receptions the last couple of weeks have been excellent. He only got three this week. The week before, was it 13, I think? So, I mean, he could very much, uh, we say it all the time, he could very much be a league winner this year. So, Kendra Miller, strangely, still out there on a couple of waiver wires. Not in um, Dynasty, but in redraft. There is a, Kendra Miller is knocking about. So, I wouldn't mind having a little look at Kendra Miller if you need a running back. Just sort of pick him up off waivers. I sound like Carl Yates now, but I have seen it with, I've seen it with my own eyes. So, I know it's true. Yeah, I think that. I think the, the hope is that he kind of becomes the Ingram to Ingram and Kamara, isn't it? Exactly. And it makes sense. You know, they're three and two, the Saints. They could get rack up a few wins. And yeah, they need to spread the load a little bit because they might want to rest Kamara if they get towards the playoffs. So I um, didn't think I'd be saying that about the Saints, really. I mean, it wasn't um, the best game. It's a wide receiver. It wasn't the best game for Alava. I think he was a bit banged up, wasn't he? And um, di- didn't, uh, didn't do too much on the day, but he gets the touchdown. Yeah, and after a little technical difficulty there, we'll just get back on this. So Chris Olave, um, I think he was a little bit banged up, but his performance was salvaged, really, because he did get the touchdown in the end, didn't he? But, um, I mean, we all love Chris Olave. No real concerns about him, just uh, one of those weeks. Do you think that um, Michael Thomas and his volume and, and how well he's doing is kind of stopping Olave hitting any heights? I don't know, because I think Thomas has been consistently decent, isn't he? I think the issue in this one is that the game was just one. They didn't really need to air it out, and that just impacted the wide receivers generally because not a huge number of targets was there. So, I mean, I can't remember what Alave's problem was, but I think he was a little bit banged up. Yeah, it's so, a toe problem. He's got a toe issue. That's it, yeah. So, I don't know. I'm not concerned at all, really. I think this is one of those games where they're well ahead, 34-0. I mean, not going to start chucking it to... A wide receiver with a toe problem, are they? So, yeah, not not overly concerned. Yeah, so let's move on down to uh, to Pittsburgh. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, Pittsburgh um, Steelers versus Baltimore Ravens ends up being Pittsburgh 17, Ravens 10. I mean, this was a, a very weird game, really, weren't it? Because, I mean, Lamar, I thought, was actually quite good, and you might have some stuff to say about him later, but... The Ravens were dreadful generally, and so many drops and so many like missed catches and stuff that was just a bit of a disaster for the Ravens. I mean, I'll go straight to him because he's a bit of a hero of mine. I love him, but Odell Beckham is completely dust at this point, isn't he? Yeah, he looks finished. He doesn't look anywhere near the player that he was. I mean, two from four for thirteen yards. He's kind of playing a secondary role to Nelson Aguilar at the minute, isn't he? Yeah, he really is, and he's not that healthy. And you know, one of our Mates is at the the Ravens camp today, and apparently uh, Odell Beckham. This is Dave Gray. He was at the camp, and Odell Beckham's limping and grabbing his ankle and stuff. So I just think he's had a couple of serious injuries. He missed a couple of years, and at his age, it's just not really going to work, is it? He was always so explosive when he was younger that after doing his ACL and his Achilles and stuff, it's just not 
not really the one anymore, is he? Yeah, he's just the wrong age, isn't he? And um, it's just sad to see his career peter out like this when we know what a talent he was and how explosive he was, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And I mean, speaking of lads that are dust, Rashad Bateman has just been dreadful. I like him, but I'm glad I got to move off in a couple of leagues, though, because I just think he's he's never going to crack it. He just looks rubbish. He doesn't look fit to me either. I think he's got a problem with that foot. And he, he hasn't looked fit at all this year. And dreadful drop in the uh, the end zone for the uh, touchdown pass as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. Absolutely terrible. And yeah, just it, Dave to get, forget for the wide receivers. And I think even Mark Andrews, who's so reliable, he had a couple of missed catches as well. And I think Lamar was probably fuming because he was actually all right. But his box score looks dreadful. I'll tell you who else was embarrassed a bit as well. Zay Flowers, we both really, really like. He's had a great start to the season. <laughs> Did you see um, TJ Watt punch him in the head? <laughs> that was a weird play, wasn't it? It's like, kind of like an uppercut. Yeah, I didn't understand how it wasn't flagged. I mean, it was just really bizarre. He just got absolutely smashed. Did you see the other one where it was a fake run and, and Zay Flowers ended up getting absolutely smashed because they thought he had the ball? It was Lamar. I mean, he, he, he did take one for the team, didn't he, Zay Flowers, in this game? Yeah, it's a bit of a strange one because he didn't even get flagged for it, did he, TJ? What? No, I don't understand why not. It was very weird because he did just punch him. I mean, I, there's no other way to describe it. It wasn't a block. It wasn't like a like a ghost block or anything. It was just a punch. Yeah, like, a bit of a strange one for me, to be honest. I don't, I don't know how he got away with it, but clearly caught on camera, wasn't it? It was. And uh, I mean, for me, that's shambles from, say, Flowers. He got a punch in his helmet and he was absolutely KO'd and surprised one wasn't on a concussion play, to be fair, either. So, um, yeah, maybe adjust your ranks on, say, Flowers because he, he couldn't <laughs> he couldn't scrap, could he? What do you make of the uh, running back room? I mean, you called it, in fairness, early doors this season. You were big on Justice Hill straight away. You sent me a couple of lies, said you weren't going in for him. But he's actually, he's actually been fine, hasn't he, really? Very well, efficient on the just, ground in this game. Yeah, he just looks explosive. And um, Gus is going to do what Gus does. 12 carries to 48 yards. He'll run it up the gut for you. But I just think Hill's got a bit more explosion. He's in the pass game. And they were using him when he was fit. He's had a, he's had a few injuries. And I just think he could be he could be the white, the uh, running back one there this year. I mean, he's not, he's not nothing special. But I just think he could be the one this year. Yeah, I think he will be. And Gus is fine. But I think because he's not getting any receiving work, if he doesn't get a touchdown... He needs so much volume to even be startable, doesn't he? Because, I mean, he, what did he get in this game? 12 carries, but he went for 48 yards. That gives you not even five points in fantasy. You can't use that, can you? Whereas Justice Hill didn't do uh, much more in terms of yardage and stuff, but he had the catches and suddenly it's a really, really good performance. So, yeah, I think that's the one. I must admit, I'm surprised they didn't do anything in terms of bringing in a, a proper veteran. Obviously, they brought in, was it Kenyon Drake and a couple of other lads, but I'm surprised that they're just rolling with this. Yeah, big Melv Gordon's there as well, isn't he? But they're much of a muchness, those those veterans, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, I mean, the Ravens, disappointing through the receivers and they'll be gutted to have lost this game. But I mean, the Steelers, Kenny Pickett looked, uh, wasn't that efficient, but he got it got enough done, I think. Lovely throw for uh, the Pickens touchdown that kind of got him back in it right at the end as well, wasn't it? It really was. And one thing I'm pleased about Pickens, I think a lot of people thought that he couldn't get volume and, that may well change when Deontay's back because, um, you know, Deontay Johnson's obviously a, a bit of a target hog, but he's been getting so much work, isn't he? Yeah, he's looked really good as well. I mean, it's not just the go routes as well. He's doing other stuff, and I think that bodes well for his future. But that, that touchdown was beautiful, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely fantastic. And, 
yeah, Pickens has always got a bit of a soft spot in our hearts because of his little <laughs> ski mask on draft night. Um, he was he was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, there wasn't much else to talk about for the Steelers, really, was there? I suppose the other key talking point is that Jalen Warren just continues to outshine Nigel Harris. He's just more efficient. He's getting more work, and I think he's outscored him in fantasy every single week this year, which uh, you predicted. Yeah, I was kind of on Jalen Warren from last year, and it's taken a little bit of a time to to go over Najee just because Najee's got that draft capital, but he's just clearly the better player. He's more explosive. He's better in the pass game and he's just better for them. I see him leapfrog a guy as well. I did, yeah. He's just more athletic, isn't he? I think Najee's just a bit of a big bruiser guy and he's just more more athletic and I don't know. It's, uh, it's frustrating. I've got Najee in one league, just I've got him a value in a startup, but other than that, I've not got him anywhere. I've got a few Jalen Warrens though, so uh, yeah, I'm not overly overly annoyed about this situation. Yeah, I've got loads of Jalen Warrens, so uh, I'm quite happy about it. But just uh, a quick note on the tight end room with um, Pat Fatmouth out. So um, Cam Hayward, one of my dark horses from last year, three from four for 23 yards. I'll take that. Yeah, we thought that it could be a Darnell Washington week, and he got a couple of targets, but didn't pull any of them in and it's just going to be like that, isn't it, really? So uh, it'd be like that sometimes. Um, but yeah, Connor Hayward was your guy, wasn't it? Yeah, I miss, uh, I've called him his brother's name, Cam Hayward, but it's actually Connor Hayward. Yeah, I you, I had Connor Hayward and you had um, Zaire Payden, was it, from the Browns as our deep, deep tight ends? I did, yeah. And I think Zaire's had a, a little flash in preseason since then, nothing. So yeah, don't um, don't pick him up just yet. Well, Connor Hayward, this is, this is his first... Oh, no, sorry, he's had... He's had overall eight targets and five receptions over five games. So really, really nothing to be writing home about, but I'm going to take it. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, the tight end rooms are so poor that, I mean, that could see him as a top 30 tight end quite easily, couldn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is there anything else in this game? I think that's about it, isn't it? Very disappointing loss for the Ravens, and I think it's the first time they've lost to uh, the Steelers in a while. Yeah, vintage, uh, vintage Steelers digging a game out that they don't really deserve to win, wasn't it? Yeah, weird division this one because they're both three and two now, the Ravens and the Steelers. And I don't know, I think people are probably quite surprised that the Steelers are doing that because uh, they certainly shouldn't be. Lost their main wide receiver, running back room's a bit of a mess, lost their tight end. Nobody likes Pickett, but they're three and two. I mean, there's another AFC North team that we're going to talk about in a minute, and they might be on the comeback there as well. They very well could be. Should we uh, talk about it? Yeah, so uh, Cincinnati Bengals 34, Arizona Cardinals 20. This was uh, actually quite a fun game to watch, but the main take from this, was this the return of Joe Burrow? I think it was, and I actually went back to watch the uh, the highlights on this one. I was watching, obviously, live and kept flicking over to the Bengals, but um, yeah, I watched the highlights on YouTube twice this week because it was so fun. And uh, yeah, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow seem to have their connection back, certainly. I mean, Joe Burrow looked like Joe Burrow again in the pocket. I mean, I saw quite a lot of this game and he was in and around the pocket like he does and, and getting out of trouble and even had a couple of scrambles like he used to do back in like last season. But he just looked like old Joe Burrow and he had a bit more juice in the arm and the, the deep ball for uh, Chase's second touchdown, I think, was a real beauty, wasn't it? It was, and I think even the commentators on, you know, on the game were saying that you know Joe Burrow is just showing off now that his calf is actually okay. And it's weird though, because I've seen other reports that are actually saying that he's going to be weeks away from being fully fit. So, I mean, if this is him not fully fit, then I think the Bengals might be okay because he was excellent. Yeah, I mean, 
a really, really good game from Chase. 15 from 19 for 192 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, Jefferson is, is the wide receiver one for me, but sometimes Chase, when you watch him, he is, uh, he's electric and he moves differently, doesn't he? He does. And do you know what? We're both team Jefferson, but I can understand why somebody might have Chase as the wide receiver one, because you know who his quarterback is. You know they've got a connection. They're both under contract. So I can get it, especially Jefferson, obviously missing a bit of time now. You can sort of see why Chase could be the dynasty one, couldn't you? He's just got that it factor and he just moves differently, doesn't he? He's very smooth and just really good. He looks more of an alpha than Jefferson. As much as, I mean, Jefferson, what is he, 6'1 and 200 pounds? He's not exactly a wimp, is he? But I think Chase has, has that stature. He just looks impressive. I like the number one as well. It just looks elite. Yeah, he's just got that 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 bit of swagger, hasn't he, Chase? Yeah, he certainly has. I mean, speaking of swagger, um, Trent and Irwin uh, went off in this game. I mean, one minute he's returning punts, and the next thing you know, he's getting 10 targets. I mean, have you got any interest in Trent and Irwin? I think it's just this weird situation with no T Higgins and I've got no interest in picking him up. Well, his brother Steve used to batter crocodiles, so um, he's doing all right at the old football, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, the Seattle Stingrays will be uh, cropping up soon. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Good on him. He was quite fun to watch, to be fair. But I won't be picking up Steve Irwin's brother, put it that way, playing wide receiver. <laughs> I mean, he's out of Tyler Boyd this week, though, isn't he? So what's going on there? Because Boyd's usually decent. I've got absolutely no idea, but I don't really want to trust a, a white wide receiver with long hair. I've got no time for it at all. He's, for me, he's basically Cole Beasley. Yeah, I've got no time for him either. I don't think I've seen him picked up anywhere, to be honest. I, I, I know who will pick him up. Our boy, um, Amrit. I've got no doubt that uh, Amrit will pick him up and offer him to me in some sort of trade. Savalas is definitely getting him as well, isn't he? Oh, mate. Sorry, you call him Savalas. I've always read it as Savalas. <laughs> Are you Savalas? Well, it's, it's after the actor, isn't it? Telly Savalas. Yeah, I think I've never put it that way. In my head, it's always Macho Grande Savalas. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'm your, wrong. Who loves you, baby? Yeah, we'll have to give him a call and get him to pronounce it. On, on I'll pronounce it wrong anyway, but uh, we'll get it. Little um, freak appearance for uh, Yoshivas as well. He was in the game a little bit. Yeah, one reception for nine yards. It's actually a nice catch actually, as well, actually, on the sideline. But um, I thought we might see more than Trent and Irwin, but they kind of like uh, the crocodile hunter there, don't they? They do. And uh, I'll tell you a player I don't like at the moment. He's starting to really get on my tits. Um, Irv Smith. I mean, what do we do with him? Because this is a game where Burrow looked like his old self. He's flinging it about. He threw for 317 yards and Irv Smith didn't get a single target. I mean, what do we do? Because it's hard to cut because he had such a profile. He's on a great offense with a great quarterback. So there is a path that he could be useful, but he's just a roster clogger now, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he was out there for 61% of their snaps and to not get a target, what on earth is that about? Yeah, when you're giving Steve Irwin's <coughs> brother 10 targets and Irv Smith doesn't get any, it's just, um, I don't know. I can't quite bring myself to cut him because the sides that I've got him on, there's nothing on waivers, but... I think if there's anything else on waivers that is remotely interesting, I'll probably just bin him now because he's so frustrating. Yeah, I agree. He's, he's becoming one of those roster cloggers. Just a quick note on the running back room, though. A bit of a floor game from Jay Mixon, wasn't it? It was, yeah. I mean, loads of work. The problem is he didn't get the touchdown, so his box score doesn't look that exciting. But, I mean, he's fine, isn't he? I think if the if the quarterback's fine, Mixon's going to be fine, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. That's just going to be his flaw moving forward, mixing. Is it? If he gets a couple of touchdowns, you get a nice spike week. Yeah, that's it. I mean, they're not really mixing anyone else. And a lot of people thought Chase Brown might get some work and he's just not really getting any touches at all. So 
if they get into sort of game script where they're ahead, they're just going to sort of run it a bit with Mixon and he's going to have weeks, I'm sure, where he's going to go for serious points. So I don't actually own him anywhere anymore. I've managed to get off of Mixon, but have you got him anywhere still? I picked him up in one league this year. I got him for two twos just because I really, really needed a running back and I had a couple of seconds to use. And I just picked him up based on volume, really. And um, I don't even expect him to be much use next year, but I just got him because it's a compete team and I really needed a running back. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. And um, I mean, I think just, again, credit to the Cardinals. They're one and four, but they don't really play like a one and four side. And they're quite fun. And at some point, if Kyle and Murray can come back, they, they, I'm not saying they could do much this season, but they're at least not as shit as we all thought they would be. I think the Joshua Dobbs uh, dream is going to die out over the next few weeks. I think he's had a nice, a nice start to the season, but I think he's going to, um, I think he's going to start to die out over the next few weeks. And we may see uh, Clayton Tune get a run out if Murray's not fit. Yeah, they've got to at least have a look. And I was watching Josh Dobbs, the highlights of this game. And, at one point, he, he started running. He runs exactly the same as Isaiah Pacheco. That stupid high-step, basil faulty nudge. And I've just got no time for it. Yeah, I'm, uh, he's, he's done well with the work that he's had, but he's, um, he's he's not an answer really, is he? I mean, this just probably guarantees him a backup job in the NFL, doesn't it? Yeah, and that's absolutely fine. If that's his career, I, I think, you know, a bit of a joke character. Nobody really thought he'd get this work. So, you know, good luck to him. I mean, I, one guy that... <laughs> We've never really been that into, and I can't really put my finger on why. Bless you. Um, I can't really think why, but Marquise Brown is actually decent. I mean, I don't own him anywhere, I don't think, but gets 10 targets this game. He gets the touchdown. He looks really explosive, and he just gets open. He's just, um, you know, I think if they do get Murray back or an upgrade at quarterback, if it's not Murray next season than someone else, I mean, he's, he's fine, Hollywood Brown. Why don't we like him? Um, I'm not entirely sure because he's he's doing well on the volume that he's getting there, isn't he? And he's <coughs> four from six with a touchdown on Sunday. But I don't know, really. He's never he's always flattered to deceive elsewhere, hasn't he? It's just weird though, because I mean, you look at his scores this season. He's very consistent. Week one didn't do much, but since then, seventeen points, seventeen points, sixteen points, sixteen points. I mean, if you're plugging that in as your wide receiver three, you're probably really, really pleased and. I don't know. They're not going to win many games, which means they're going to be a negative game script they're going to be throwing. And I think he's actually just a bit of a bit of a value. doesn't really seem that fun getting him. But what would he cost you, do you think? I don't know if you can get him for a second. I think he's going to, he's going to cost you more than that. I certainly wouldn't be paying a first, but not sure. I think it's going to be a, a rookie upside guy in a second, isn't it? I think maybe a first if you're just doing a picket on its own. Yeah, do you know what I might try and do? I might try and move Sky Moore in a second for him or something in, in competing sides because Sky Moore, I'm sick of him as well. We'll talk about him soon. So talking about a Moore, what about Rondell? His best work comes when he's in the backfield, to be honest. He does, and that is the concern. I mean, we'll talk about the running back shortly because, uh, you know, I had a bit of success <laughs> there. But um, he does look very explosive in the backfield, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, Evan Silver, again, from Establish the Run, has always said that Rondell Moore should be a running back. And the running back work he gets, he actually looks really, really good. And he can also do it through the air as well. So I don't know if there's a future in that for Rondell Moore. It's because he's very short. He's 5'7". He's only 180 pounds, but he doesn't look 180 pounds. He looks very, very well built, doesn't he? And he's very quick. He sort of makes sense to a degree. He's, you know, he's a lot wider than Devon Achan. Um, I can sort of see it. I don't know. He's working. He, you know, went off for fifty odd yards, didn't he, this week? Yeah, he, he um, 
he, he just he's just very explosive out of the backfield, and I don't know if people are expecting him to have runs up the uh, up the gaps and stuff like that, which he does, and he does that really well. So I don't know if there's going to be a long term role in it. I mean, we'll talk about the running backs in a minute, but um, yeah, I mean, he's putting up points from that running back position, and maybe like a poor man's Debo because Debo's best work has come from there as well, isn't it? He is. The problem with Rondell Moore, because he doesn't get the running back position assignment in sleeper, you've got to start him in your flex spot or your wide receiver spot and you never feel comfortable because he could just put up a two, couldn't he? And I don't know. We'll give it a few weeks and see how consistent he is. But if he consistently starts getting carries, then you've got to have a look at it because uh, it's just a bonus, really. Yeah, a bit of a uh, bit of a down week for those guys who are Michael Wilson fans because uh, both of us are those. And just the one reception for 18 yards this week, bit of a down week for Michael Wilson. Yeah, it was a bit disappointing, particularly given they were losing. You thought the game script might suit him. He was in on 75% of the snaps as well, which, you know, would suggest he should have been getting some looks, but just didn't quite happen. I'm not that concerned. He's, his profile will get him some work. He's the only alpha there, really. Six foot two, 213 pounds. They've got nothing else that's even close to that. So, yeah, one of those weeks, he's still a rookie, isn't he? Yeah, the best is yet to come for Michael Wilson, isn't it? <clears throat> absolutely absolutely i mean zach Ertz rolling back the years it was his first touchdown for about three years not two years i think it was october 2021 was the last touchdown so that was uh quite quite good to see yeah um, i expected more from trey mcbride this year i must be honest and just two from three for 17 yards i mean he's, he's, he's level with jeff swain with work isn't he he is so uh yeah again i don't even know if we should be that surprised it's a second year tight end they always say it takes about three years and think people projected him to be better than he was because Ertz was out and could be moved and I don't know you sort of got to hang on a bit I suppose if you've got got him haven't you yeah so onto the running back room surprise surprise James Connors down with an injury yeah if only we could predict uh, that one of the most injury prone running backs in the league would get injured it's um yeah I mean it's obviously again not nice to see but this season everyone's getting injured and it was always going to happen with Connor because it happens all the time I don't know why anyone's surprised. He's never played a full season, ever. Yeah, I mean, of all the injuries that were flying around, it was only a matter of time before it hit James Conner, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. And actually, it's a shame because he looked quite explosive in this game and he had a couple of good receptions and, well, no, not reception, sort of dump-offs out the backfield and looked really good. And at one point, I thought he got killed, actually. Uh, just got absolutely clobbered on the sideline. But, yeah, he's, he's been put on the IR now as well, isn't he? And he's going to miss some time with a knee injury and... I don't know, 28 years old, knee injury, history of loads of other injuries, fought off cancer. It's not looking good, is it? At least he's been paid. That's the main thing for him, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I don't begrudge anyone getting their bag. So, yeah, good luck to them. So talk to me about uh, Emari Demarcado. Well, I don't like to toot my own horn, but we will. I was taking victory laps on Trayvon Wesco earlier. So I'll take a victory lap on Emari Demarcado because... What did I say last week? I said that Amari Demarcado is the receiving back that's uh, backing up a very injury-prone bell cow that could go down at any minute. And he did. That's exactly how it played out this week. Connor went down and Demarcado stepped in as the main running back, which is exactly what I said. I mean, he wasn't amazing, but he was fine, wasn't he? 10 carries for 45 yards and a touchdown, got one reception. But if you've got Demarcado, who costs absolutely nothing, he put up nearly 13 points. That's absolutely fine. So... I moved for him in quite a few leagues after calling him the stash last week and I actually had to start him in a league. Um, and I was lucky I picked him up in a league in our home redraft league. I've got Connor and uh, he's obviously gone down. I picked up Demarcado. I'm absolutely fine. So, yeah, I was very, very pleased with that. And I think sometimes you have to just look at this process because it's quite obvious this could have happened. And 
obviously it's happened sooner than we expected. But what did you make of it? Yeah, I mean, you dug up the uh, the pre-season comment that we had on him uh, from our like pre-season show, didn't you, where we sort of touted him as as one to keep an eye on. But um, his work was actually fairly decent in the game. He actually looked fairly explosive. And I think he runs a 4-4-3 as well. So, yeah, he looked decent. And the touchdown was a really nice run. But he catches well as well. And he was at TCU. So he's got a decent pedigree. And, yeah, I mean... Um, He's above Keontae Ingram for me already. They're saying that Keontae Ingram might be back, but I've not seen anything from Ingram to suggest that he could be anything in the league, whereas Demacado has had, a, has had a good week last week, and I think they'll ride that hot hand. Yeah, I mean, people are going a bit nuts now because everyone's dropped their fab on him and Ingram's listed above him on the depth chart. These depth charts mean absolutely nothing. Sometimes it's just in seniority, isn't it? And, but as you just said, Ingram's. we both liked him as a, a possible sort of opportunity nothing as much to do with his talent but because there was an opportunity but he's not shown anything in the league anywhere near this has he so yeah as you said they'll ride the hot hand and at the very worst Demarcado will be the receiving back either way it's quite decent value well we always just liked the guy behind James Connor because we saw that there was loads of volume there and we also know that Connor's injury prone because we liked Eno Benjamin and he also looked decent and then we liked Ingram for the role but now it seems like it's Demarcado Exactly that. So, uh, yeah, it's just look at these op- opportunities and whoever steps up, that's the one. But Demarcado looks to be the man. And, yeah, I picked him up in a few on Sunday for free as well. And, you know, a day later, suddenly everyone's blowing their fab on him. So, yeah, just always try and be one step ahead. And I think you and I were trying to one-up each other because we were messaging each other in the week. I said, yeah, I told you about Demarcado. You said, yeah, I was on him in June. I said, I was on him in May. It turns out you knew him about six years ago. Um, so <laughs> we probably have the receipts all week, won't we? Yeah, I mean, we're a pair of nerds and we don't mind telling each other that we're a pair of nerds either, do we? No, exactly. It's all good fun. But I think the earliest I've got, I picked up Demarcado and a few on the 2nd of May. Um, I think you were probably the same. As soon as our rookie drafts were over, I was stashed in Demarcado. So that shows the nerd stuff that we go up to. So let's go down to, uh, to LA. This was a really fun game to watch this one, wasn't it? It really, really was. And obviously the return of uh, King Cooper, Cooper Cup. I mean, he was incredible from the off. I mean, they wasted no time in getting him the ball either, did they? I think on that first drive, I think he had the first five or six passes, didn't he? I mean, he's, he's brilliant on them choice routes where he can either come inside or outside, and he's just got such a good connection with Stafford. He really has. And, I mean, did you see at the end of the game, I think Jalen Hurts went up to him and was like, he didn't look like you missed a beat. I mean, just came back in like he missed absolutely nothing. He was phenomenal, went for over 100 yards and... Eight receptions off 12 targets. I mean, phenomenal. I suppose linked to that, though. Talk to me about our boy Puka Nakua, because everyone's worried that Cup's going to come in and upset the balance and is going to take a massive hit. But he didn't really. He had pretty much the same work. It's kind of work, it worked out, as we said before, when they had Peak, Woods, Cup and um, Crooks, because Cup and Nakua are basically Cup and Woods, aren't they? Where they just get all the volume and, and Atwell sort of the Brandon Cooks deep threat, isn't he? I mean... I think Puka Nakua is going to be fine. I said it last week in our group, like as a wind up, uh, that's him finished now. And then I actually put in brackets, he'll be fine. But I think he's going to be fine. He's still going to get a lot of volume. They're going to be throwing it around a lot because they're going to be probably behind. But they're a fun team to watch, the Rams, aren't they? They really are. And I think the, the key thing that everyone thought they'd be rubbish, but the key thing's a healthy Matt Stafford. He's still brilliant. He's got a great arm and he's just really, really good. And actually, when, he, when he's on his game, he's actually really fun to watch out of all the pocket type passes he's probably up there as one of my favorites because he loves the no look pass and he's just he's just great fun i like him a lot he's really talented matt stafford as well isn't he 
Yeah, it really is. I think very underrated. Someone said recently, would he be in the Hall of Fame? I think that's probably a bit much, to be honest with you. But he's very, very good. That was me that asked that in our NFL group. And and the the general consensus was yes. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I don't, I don't think Hall of Fame. I think it gets thrown around a bit too easily. But I suppose I can see it. Obviously, play with Megatron, won a Super Bowl after a trade. And I don't know. Not everyone can do that. But um, either way, he's very, very good fun. And we thought he could be a value this offseason. He was going for thirds in Superflex leagues, which is mental. Yeah, I picked him up uh, cheap in a couple, actually. And um, I, I played him at the weekend. I've been playing him quite a lot this year. And he's been he's been really, really good. I mean... There's always the worry about injury of him because I think he can get injuries, but um, he's been really, really good. Just going on to the, the Hall of Fame thing, I think when you have the longevity that he's had and when you've put up the numbers that he's had on on bad teams as well and you get the ring, I think you kind of at the door of Canton, aren't you? I suppose so, yeah. I suppose so. Um, particularly if he can do anything with this roster because it was rubbish. Um, but, I mean, speaking of... Uh, rubbish um wasn't really a week for Kyron Williams was it no I just think that they was throwing it a lot because they was kind of always chasing the Eagles and it was just Nakura and Cup with lots and lots of volume through the air wasn't it I mean even Tyler Higby suffered he did nothing so it was just literally the game plan has kind of passed Kyron Williams by yeah I think that's probably it to be fair I think it's very intentional they wanted to show that Cup's back and almost want to test him as well because he's been out for a while he's not the youngest and that was probably always the plan. And you just can't stay away from Nakua at the moment either. So, yeah, Nakua is not going to get 20 targets a game anymore, but he got one less target than Cup. So it's uh, not not a bad little workout for him. Yeah, he's going to be fine. So on to the Eagles, Jalen Hurts, a really good game from Jalen Hurts, especially uh, through the year. I've always been kind of critical of, of him as a thrower, but his throw was fairly decent. There's the one interception in there, but, you know, that was a bit of a miscommunication. But, yeah, he played really well, 25 from 38, 305 yards, and there's a touchdown in there, and he's obviously getting his little, what do they call it, the brotherly shove, getting his touchdowns as well there as well, isn't he? Or was it the tush-push, I think? I mean, I've got no time for it, but it works. They're <clears> going to do it, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, they can't be stopped. Even any time, you know, a lot of people are saying that they are always, they're not first and 10, they're always first and nine, because they've just got that yard in their back pocket. Absolutely. Well, uh, I mean, through the air, as you said, it was really, really good. AJ Brown went for a hundred plus yards for the third game in a row. It's uh, it's not been the best <sighs> few weeks for for Smith, really. He's had you know, bit bit tough to roster, not roster, but tough to start at the moment. Yeah, at the start of the season, I must admit, I thought that Smith would kind of be the play all season, and I wondered about whether Brown would get the volume, but. Last three or four weeks, it's kind of taken over for Brown, hasn't it? And yeah, as you say, Smith's been kind of unusable. And Dallas Goddard came flying out the blocks after we slagged him off last week. I mean, he went for over 100 yards at tight end. He's excellent. So very, very good overdue week for Dallas Goddard. Yeah, they seem determined to get in the ball from the off. I mean, their first drive, they used him, I think, on the first three occasions. And I think they were just determined to have him in the game plan this week. And it must be nice for your team when you just pick who you're going to game plan for, mustn't it? Yeah, really, really yeah. is. And, you know, speaking of uh, picking up where he left off, DeAndre Swift, again, just so, so good. Great through the air, six targets, six receptions, and he 17 carries for 70 yards. He's just been excellent the last few weeks and doesn't look like anyone's even close to him. I mean, Kenny Gamewell got a couple of carries, but nowhere near the, the work that Swift's getting. I think DeAndre Swift could be on the path to RB1 this year if he stays fit. That's a bold claim, but I like it. I do yeah, like I think, it. I mean, it's going to be tough to obviously beat out McCaffrey, but 
Swift is going to get the uh, the work behind that O-line and he's going to be good. The thing is with McCaffrey, we'll obviously get onto the 49ers when we cover their game. The 49ers are so good that they're just spelling McCaffrey late in games because they don't need to. And that could just affect a little bit of volume because they don't need to give him 23 carries a game. So, yeah, I mean, it's not impossible. It would be very tough. But, uh, yeah, there's no reason why Swift can't be up there. He's RB9 at the moment, Swift. I wonder, um, I don't know who the top eight are, but I'm going to have a look at it after. And uh, I might have a little bit of money on it. Yeah, I don't mind it. Particularly given that, remember the first week, he did absolutely nothing. And everyone was, uh, I'll say everyone, there's a very famous uh, podcaster, um, the father of podcasting, some people might say, thought that Kenny Gainwell would be the RB1 there. And it was never in question for us, I don't think. We were always Team Smith. Yeah, I've uh, I've listened to one of uh, his podcasts lately, and he's uh, he's claimed that he's only in on game well late, and uh, he's always like Swift. He's, he does this all the time, though. He does this all the time. I mean, <coughs> I saw one the other week. He was calling him Puke Nakua because uh, Nakua's sick, apparently, and he wouldn't want anyone to pick him up. I mean, he just makes stuff up. He's worse than us. I mean, he was making stuff up about nobody likes Swift. His, his gym habits are bad. He don't do the hard work. And now he's just running all over teams. He's not got much to say. No, exactly. So uh, we were always very clear on Swift. We're not always right, to be fair. We do get a lot wrong as well. But I think Swift's one that we're always quite consistent on. So let's head to the uh, Nathaniel Hackett derby. The Nathaniel Hackett derby. Let's uh, let's head over there. So, I mean, this was um, a couple of uh, talking points after the game. But it ends up being the Jets 31, Broncos 21. It uh, wasn't really a game for Zach Wilson, and but it was a game for Brees Hall. They really just focused on the run game and just let Brees fly. Finally got some work, didn't he? A lot of talk that he was going to be off the snap count after coming out from his injury. And he goes for 177 yards and a few catches in the air and a touchdown. He was fantastic, Brees Hall, wasn't he? I love watching him. I think he did the same in Denver last year. He went on that long run and then he, this was the game he got injured, wasn't it? But he just looks so explosive, doesn't he? He really does. And uh, do you know what? He's been a bit frustrating the last few weeks watching him try out the corpse of Dalvin Cook. But it's a very serious injury that Hall suffered. And maybe it's not the not the worst thing, actually, just to get him healthy and let him come back because he looks very, very good now, doesn't he? He just uh, he looks phenomenal. And they've not got the best O-line and they've obviously lost Elijah Vera Tucker today for the season as well. So they're going to struggle further with that O-line. I think they've um, got in um, Lyle Collins as well for a, a visit. So... Need some reinforcements there, and obviously the, a better O-line will help Brees Hall, but he's so explosive that he might not need a great deal of help. No, that's absolutely right. And, I mean, there wasn't much else going on, I suppose, on this side, was there? There wasn't uh, much efficient work through the air, and Garrett Wilson's a bit of a tough roster at the moment because, uh, you know, it wasn't a, a great performance from him. The other wide receivers aren't really worth bothering with. And, I don't know, they, they did enough on the ground, didn't they? It wasn't that much of a problem. I think it's just really frustrating for Garrett Wilson this year because he was going to have one of the best quarterbacks ever as his quarterback and he was really looking forward to it. And now he's got Zach Wilson who's uh, airballing. I mean, there was a nice clip earlier of Garrett Wilson exploding past Patrick Sertan and just the ball was thrown out of bounds from uh, from Zach Wilson. It's probably really frustrating right now, isn't it? It was. And I think we said last week, Lazard and uh, Cobb are sort of old veterans that have never had this before and they're sort of helping... Zach Wilson, but yeah, Garrett Wilson's a sort. He's going to start retweeting stuff and liking <laughs> posts. <laughs> They've got out of his locker, isn't he? Yeah, hundred percent. He's going to be starting uh, on the Instagram soon, isn't he? He is, and there's been a lot of talk. And again, we'll get onto it when we cover the game. But 
I look at the Vikings and obviously got a losing record. They've lost there. They got rid of Dalvin Cook, just lost Justin Jefferson. Kirk Cousins is out of contract at the end of the season. I mean, would it wouldn't be a terrible move just to get Kirk Cousins on a bit of a short deal to steady the ship, would it? It sounds um, all well and good on paper, but I don't think there's any chance of it happening. I don't know. Kirk Cousins has got a no-trade clause as well, and I don't think he's going to give that up for for a few months at the Jets when he could actually have his pick in the, in the summer and have his pick of team and pick of contract. I just, I don't think he'd he'd move. I don't think he'd accept a move to the to the Jets. I'll tell you what certainly isn't happening. I saw Cam Newton. He's a, he's a lad that we like a lot. <clears throat> and he was talking about, well, if the Jets called me, they'd have to pay me some serious money. They're not going to call you, pal. You're not going to get a call, mate. It's not happening. Yeah, I mean, we love Cam, but the last appearances of him in the league were pretty bad, weren't they? They were. They're absolutely not calling you and giving you a job, mate. It's a shame to say, but yeah, I, I just don't know what they do at quarterback. I think I like Zach Wilson more than you do, but I don't know. He had a good game against the Chiefs and they didn't really need to use him through the air this week, but he wasn't great. He's not getting the best out of the weapons and I don't know. Looking at the rest of their sort of work, they've obviously got the Eagles. They've got the week seven bye. Mind you, then they play the Giants, a nice get-right game. The Chargers defence, that's a nice game. The Raiders defence. I mean, so he might string a few wins together. It's not impossible. I just don't trust him and um, I just don't think he's very good and I just think they're kind of stuck, really, because they only really brought in Trevor Simeon and he's terrible. I'd I'd think I'd rather play Zach Wilson over him, to be honest, but yeah, just moving on to some of the um, the weapons in the team. A nice week for Tyler Conklin at tight end, wasn't it? Four from five for 67 yards. It really was. Yeah, I mean, I picked up Tyler Conklin when I thought it was Aaron Rodgers, in fairness, in the offseason. But I don't know. He's always been fine. I think when he plays, he's just a, a decent all-round tight end, isn't he? Yeah, he's fine. He's a really good blocker. And he, they showed a clips of uh, of him running a really nice route as well on Twitter. I don't know if you saw it, but he uh, kind of duked a linebacker out of his shoes. And I thought, wow, that's Tyler Conklin, is it? And uh, yeah, it was really nice. I mean, would you start Tyler Conklin over Justin Herbert in a Superflex league? 100% no. But then again, I don't believe that the pyramids powered Las Vegas either. Yeah, I don't believe his salamander killed Elvis Presley, as our mate Savalas <laughs> thinks. So, um, yeah. Savalas, you mean? Yeah, Savalas, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, good friend of ours, friend of the pod. He started Tyler Conklin over, I don't think it was Justin Herbert, it might have been Tom Brady, I don't know, but it was over a really good quarterback in a Superflex League and he beat me. I was fuming. <laughs> he would happen to beat you with it as well, wouldn't he? Of course it. I think he put up a record. If you go in the record points ever scored in that league, I think it was that week against me. Of course it was. Brilliant. Unbelievable. Um, but going across to Denver, I mean, Russ Wilson continues to just be fine. I mean, uh, we say it every week, I think, that, I mean, he's the quarterback eight this season. He's generally been OK. I don't actually think much of this is his fault. I think the issue is the defence just can't keep the offence off the field. They're so shit that, I don't know. It, it, do you understand what I mean? I don't think there's much that Russ is actually doing wrong here. Yeah, I think Russell's been good. I mean, he had the costly fumble at the end when they were trying to chase it. But, um, yeah, he's he's actually been really good in general. And I don't think he's been their biggest problem at all this season. The defence is an actual disgrace. The O-line's not great. And, yeah, there's there's issues all over the place. And, and Russ is far from their biggest problem. But um, just on the offence, Jalil McLaughlin looked really, really explosive, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He looked really, really good. Um, 
you know, I think he, he was uh, the darling a week or so ago, wasn't in waivers, and everyone went nuts for him. He just looks like an all-round fairly decent back. He plays a lot bigger than his weight. He's 187 pounds, but he doesn't look like that when he plays. I've been quite impressed by how shifty he is and actually seems to have a bit of stature, doesn't he, for, for that sort of weight. Yeah, I mean, Javante's back this week, and that could literally be a three-man committee on not great an offence, so it doesn't look good going ahead, does it? No, I mean, Javante, he looks like he's... Um, there's some news earlier that he could be available this week. They're playing the Chiefs on Thursday night football. But it's hard to start Javonta Williams. We both really like him. Obviously, a lot of Dynasty fans like Javonta Williams, but I don't really think I'm going to start him this week. I want to see what this committee's going to look like because... Obviously, the coaching staff like P. Ryan and McLaughlin's done enough to get some work, isn't he? So it could just be a really annoying committee. Yeah, I think that's what, yeah, three-man committee on, on, a, on a pretty poor offence. But just onto the wide receiver room. Nice week for Jerry Judy, six from seven for 50 yards. Not much else, really. Cortland Sutton didn't get his first catch till the fourth quarter. So, um, yeah, not great. Dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. And there's a lot of talk that, I mean, they're, well, they're now one and four, the Broncos. And there's talk they're going to have to burn it down, which... The problem is who's going to trade for Cortland Sutton? Who's going to trade for Jerry Judy? You mentioned um, Jerry Judy moving somewhere, but I, I just don't know. It's um, it's a very weird one. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned earlier the Panthers have been heavily linked with Judy and, and they're saying that they they could trade him. I think he's on his last year of his deal as well, so might be a chance to get some capital back, but I don't think Sutton's going to be going anywhere. I don't think so either. I really don't think so, and... I don't know, it tended to be um, an Adam Troutman week as well. He goes for, uh, for four receptions and a touchdown, which you know looks really nice in, in his fantasy box score. But, I mean, he's just a bit of a bum, isn't he? Yeah, there's just not a lot of talent in the uh, in the offence, really, when, you know, it's quite a hyped offence, but doesn't look great now, does it? No, and I'll tell you what I quite liked as well. At the end of the the, uh, the game, did you see Robert Salah go up to uh, Sean Payton? Yeah, stay humble. Stay humble. Imagine it. I mean, I don't think I even heard him stay stay humble. It's just lip reading. You could have said anything, but I'm just going to assume it was stay humble. Well, a lot of people were saying he was actually saying stay healthy, and it, it could have gone either way, which I did. You know, when you try and read his lips, it could have been stay healthy. But, yeah, I think we just like to think it was stay humble because he, he wants to ram it back down his throat, doesn't he? And he deserves it, in fairness, because he was a bit of a knob when he, Sean Payton, came in and started slagging everything off and slagging off Nathaniel Hackett and, and then he got absolutely battered by a near record score. So, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a disaster in uh, in Denver at the moment. And I, I can't see when it's going to get better. Yeah, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. But anyway, on to another team from their uh, their division. Talk to me about the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, the Chiefs are the Chiefs, aren't they? And it, uh, they're the most frustrating team on a fantasy perspective, I think, because you can't rely on any of the wide receivers. I'm going straight into the wide receiver room. I suppose I say the score first, really. The Chiefs 27, the Vikings 20. Um, but you just can't trust any of these receivers. Rashi Rice had another decent week, gets the touchdown. But other than that, it's just very much eating each other's work. And it's, uh, I don't know, a bit of a mess. Sky Moore continues to frustrate me. Got him in loads of leagues. And week one disaster. Week two looks okay. But he's just been terrible, Sky Moore. Would you be trusting any of these receivers to start for you? No, not a single one of them. I mean, could... Tony Watson, Ross Morse, Valdez Scantling. I mean, it's just slim pickings, isn't it? And they badly need an alpha, but it just works. I mean, they just seem to win games. They're, just, they're like the old Patriots where they just do enough to win games and that's about it. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is quite frustrating sometimes in fantasy. I think I put it in our group on Monday. Obviously, in real life, an amazing, amazing talent, the best quarterback I've ever seen, but... 
in fantasy sometimes he's just a bit mere. He just doesn't really seem to need to do a lot to beat teams and doesn't really throw it around a lot. I mean, as long as they're efficient and they're winning, I guess they don't care about fantasy scores, do they? But it's just a bit annoying sometimes. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right, especially the cost. I don't own Mahomes in any dynasty league, to be honest with you, because of the cost. I just think you have to pay so much to get him, and I just don't think it's worth it. As mad as that sounds, I know it's quite easy just to plug and play, but yeah, it's uh, it's a bit frustrating because um, they are so good. They just win games, don't they? And there could be a bit of a drop coming at some point, though, just because so much of this goes through Kelsey. It relies on Kelsey being healthy, but he's 34 years old. I know he's a freak, but... He's starting to get a bit banged up, Kelsey, now, which hasn't really happened before. And I don't know. You wouldn't trust any of these receivers. If Kelsey missed a week, Noah Gray's not stepping into that same role. And I don't know if the distribution of touches in this wide receiver room would be that great either. So I don't know. It's a bit of a weird team because, I mean, they're fantastic. Mahomes is brilliant. But, I mean, they're 4-1, and one, winning so many Super Bowls, and we're slagging them off. I mean, what do we know? <laughs> I mean, Travis, Travis Kelsey, even though he's banged up, has gone 10 from 11 for 67 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> and I'm saying he's dust. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you can't make it up, can you? But um, I don't know. What are we doing with Sky Moore? Because you and I speak all the time about players we like, and we've always liked Sky Moore. But, I mean, what on earth do you do? Because I don't think you can't get a second now, no chance. I think your best case with Sky Moore is just try and package him to move off because I just don't think it's going to happen. Not consistently anyway. Yeah, I think it's to try and package him up into a a deal on a trade. But yeah, there's not really much you can do with him. Nobody's paying a third, I don't think. And you don't really want to just be released into waivers. But I think it's going to get to that point probably next season where it might have to be that way. Yeah, and the same with Tony. I mean, Tony's obviously a different sort of player because he's just a massive idiot. But you can't put him on waivers, can you? Because someone will immediately claim him and he'll have like a 30-point week and you'll be fuming. But you can't start either of them. They've got no value. It's just very frustrating to own any of them. Yeah, I mean, they should really have an alpha receiver there. But then they did with Hill and they kind of found that this way worked better for them last year, didn't they? It's kind of a weird setup they've got there, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. I mean, it really is. Valdez Scantley doesn't really do anything and... Justin Ross has started to get a little bit of work. Justin Watson gets work. It's, I don't know, a bit of a mess. Let's move on to look at the running backs, though, because Pacheco, despite his running style, I think he's just been a really good value this year. He's been consistently fine, and he probably will carry on being very good this season. He's not going to shoot the lights out, but he's just going to be a high-end running back two, maybe a low-end running back one. Yeah, I think he's getting the volume, he's getting the work, and he's he's getting touchdowns, and he's actually getting work through the air as well, and taking a little bit of that away from Jerick McKinnon. But um, poor one out for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's, uh, I think he's completely dead, and I actually released him to waivers in one league this week. Did you really? Yeah. I mean, that must have hurt. Yeah, I wasn't happy. I was upset. <laughs> Again, yeah. <laughs> I haven't quite done it yet, but <clears throat> I probably should. He's another one, though. It feels sort of bad to just release him to waivers, but... You're not going to start him, are you? He's, I mean, put up 0.4 points this season. It's just been dreadful. So, yeah, I can see it. And, you know, I might as well just follow suit. I'm going to release him tonight as well. No, I don't think anybody would pick him up. I think I released him last week, and I don't think he got picked up. But it's just, yeah, it's just a bit of a waste of time now, isn't he? Yeah, sadly he is. Um, I mean, moving on to the, uh, the Vikings. I mean, this is quite a good battle from them, really, against a really good side. But... I don't know, we sort of touched them a little bit. They're a weird side. They're, you know, one and four. 
Got some decent win now pieces in Kirk Cousins. And obviously the big news is that Justin Jefferson is about to miss a load of time. I mean, he puts up a decent score, but he's now on IR. And why would they rush to bring him back? They're one and four. They've got no commitment to this quarterback. They could just rest him for, if not the whole season, quite a lot of the season. If they do try and rest him for the whole season, I'll be booking a plane to Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, I'll be there as well, to be fair. Um, but I, I can sort of see why, though, because why would you bother risking him? I just I don't know. It's a very weird one. It's a hamstring as well. That's not a great injury for a, a wide receiver. Um, I don't know. I mean, what do you do with if you're a Justin Jefferson owner? I mean, are you comfortable that Addison's going to step into the same work? I, I don't think so. He's going to be fine, Addison, but he's also going to get more coverage. I think KJ Osborne is is the value like he always has been. Yeah, I agree. I think it'll be spread among Addison and Osborne, but I just think they trust Osborne fully at the moment. He's in for the majority of snaps as well, isn't he? I think Addison probably thrived from JJ being there and not being covered so much. And can he deal with it as the uh, wide receiver one? I just think that um, Osborne will get it up ticking work. Yeah, I think that's probably the play, to be fair. So, um, yeah, it's a strange one. I mean, Alexander Madison continues to be fine he's not very good I don't think he's actually a very good running back but in terms of just a box fantasy score he's okay I mean he was, he was saved by the receiving touchdown this week but I don't know <laughs> Cam Akers very disappointing usage what do you make of that running back room he was slowly losing more and more work to Akers I mean Akers only arrived there I think last week and he took a little bit of work he's taken a little bit more this week and I think it's going to ramp up week by week and if I had Madison, I, I think I'd be trying to offload him because I think Akers will eventually uh, take his job. But I think even if Akers does take the job, I think from a fantasy perspective, I don't think the numbers from a box score will change that much. I think it, Akers will put up a 12-point week and it'll be fine, won't it? I just, they are what they are. Yeah, I mean, they're not great in that running back room like as a whole, really, are they? And I think Ty Chandler's been a bit unfairly done by it because he's probably the most explosive. But um yeah, they are what they are, and you know they could be swapping weeks every week, couldn't they? Yeah, they really could be. I mean, we touched them earlier, but Kirk Cousins. I mean, it, there's been a lot of trade talks. Could they move on from him? You sort of think the Jets would be a no-go. Is there anywhere that you think he could potentially move to? No, I think he's just going to wait for free agency in the summer when he's going to have his pick of where he can go and probably get the better contract in the summer. So I just think he's there till till the summer, and uh, he gets. Uh, I moved to New England in free agency. Yeah. But mind you, he's basically a good version of Mac Jones, isn't he? So I don't know. Very weird situation there. Yeah, I mean, uh, we always saw the 49ers, didn't we? Because Shanahan's obviously had a hard-on for him all these years, hasn't he? Yeah, but at the moment, they're obviously riding Brock Purdy. And unless uh, Purdy misses time, they're just not going to bother, are they? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. He's going to have a market because I think a lot of teams will like him and he is, he is he's decent, isn't he? I know we'd take the mickey out of him, but he is decent Kirk Cousins, isn't he? I think he's you can win with him. I think you can win the big one with him as well. I think he's good enough for that. I just He's not going to he's not going to elevate your team. If you've got things around him, he, he's going to be fine though, isn't he? Yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. I mean, a bit of a, a down week for TJ Hawkinson, but I suppose the other Titans are rubbish as well. So even at his floor, TJ Hawkinson puts up five receptions for 50 yards. It's fine, isn't it? Yeah, he's always going to have a decent floor, Hawkinson, which is which is really, really valuable in a, in, in a tight end market that's pretty dead. So, yeah, he's, he's a really decent tight end player every week, Hawkinson. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, well, that's pretty much it on that game. Do you want to take us along to uh, the 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, this was an absolute drumming. Um, the 49ers are completely dominant. And they seem to have Dallas's number at the moment in both phases of the game. And they even got uh, some work for Jordan Mason late on. Two, uh, 10 carries for 69 yards and a touchdown for Jordan Mason as he, as he come in and spell Christian Caffrey. It's nice when you're so dominant that you can afford to do that, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. I mean, there was a complete blowout. I saw a few of the interviews after and think Dak said it's the worst loss of his career, which um, says quite a lot. But yeah, I think when you're smashing the Cowboys that badly that Jordan Mason comes on and smashes you about a bit even more, it's a bit embarrassing, really. I mean, they've even got a touchdown in there for Carl Juszczyk. He does this, though, every now and again, doesn't he? He pops <laughs> up and he just bundles one in. I mean, he's uh, he's just a really good football player, Carl Juszczyk. And we don't talk about the fullbacks much in fantasy, but he's he's really good, isn't he? Yeah, well, I know I know we're both probably not fans of him, but I don't think you can argue of what Brock Purdy's doing at the moment, can you? Yeah, do you know, I think we probably just have to swallow it. He's actually really good. Um, I, I think he's been quite fortunate because he's in a great system and, you know, a lot of his uh, shortcomings are overlooked, really. But he is very good, isn't he? He's very efficient. Some of his throws are excellent and... I think in this system, he is now, I mean, would he be a, a low-end quarterback one in fantasy? Is that where you sort of would have him ranked? Probably, yeah. And I mean, the odds on him for MVP have actually come down to 7-1 to one now as well, which is insane. Yeah, I mean, because the, the 49ers, they're, they're going to be one of the sides that could go all the way and and he's going to be really good. And it's, it's weird, though, because their weapons <clears throat> aren't amazing. I know it seems a bit strange to say that, given what Christian McCaffrey and stuff, but Debo's not amazing to have. Ayuk's very good. Kittle's a great real-life tight end, but he's just doing bits all the time, isn't he? They all just fit the system really well, and they've got yeah. ways to beat you in so many different ways. You've got you've got Debo, who can be in the formation as either a running back or a wide receiver. You've got McCaffrey that can do it vice versa. You've got Ayuk, who's really good possession receiver. You've got Juwan Jennings, who can do some dirty work as a wide receiver. You've got Kittle that can help the run game and be a receiver. They've just got answers for everything on offense, haven't they? They really have. And I think, do you know what? If Purdy misses any time, they'd probably just plug Donald in and he'd be fine as well. It's just that sort of system. Um, I mean, I must admit, I picked up Purdy off waivers, I think, in two leagues last year. And I sold him for a third quickly. And I thought I'd done really well. Um, and I, I don't disagree with the process. I think that was the play, wasn't it? And I look a bit stupid now because, I mean, he's going to cost well over a first to get Brock Purdy in Superflex now. Well, I did it with Gino. I picked up Gino in tons of leagues last year. I think I sold him for twos and threes, and he's probably worth a first now. Who, who's Gino? Oh, sorry, Geno. Nice. Oh, that's that's a bad deal for you. Sorry to hear that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, do you know what? It's part of the process. You're going to get some wrong. You're going to get some right. I mean, you and I spoke. You've been flogging Minshew for seconds and thirds all week, and I've been getting thirds for Demarcado. And, you know, sometimes you're going to get it wrong, and their value's going to skyrocket. And, Maybe it's time for us to just be humble and swallow this one because I think we uh, we got Purdy a little bit wrong, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, you can only go on what he's putting up and he, he's he's been really good. He's been brilliant, hasn't he? Yeah, I will not be buying him. I will not be drafting him anywhere because I'm so stubborn as are you. But um, yeah, we'll stop slagging him off as much. That's about as far as we can go. I mean, there's nothing to really talk about on the uh, the Cowboys, is there? They were just completely battered. Nothing in the run game, nothing in the wide receiver room. 
and nothing in the tight end room. I mean, a touchdown for Cavonte Turpin, which was actually a really nice throw from Dak. But other than that, nothing to write home about, was there? Yeah, the throw to Turpin was excellent, to be fair, wasn't it? But nothing else at all. I mean, Pollard just got stuffed up. He was battered. Don't know how much of that is Pollard just not really being a bit of a bruiser, but or the 49ers just having a great defense. But he was really stuffed up a few times and not much to say is there at all. The one thing I would say is that Dak's not had a good season at all. I mean, he's been really bad. I saw a graphic that was comparing Desmond Ritter to Dak, and actually Desmond Ritter was ahead of him in pretty much everything. In yards, touchdowns, interceptions, Ritter is ahead of Dak Prescott, which I don't think anyone would have predicted. Well, that's uh, kind of upsetting considering I traded for uh, Prescott in the league last week. But um, I know their schedule eases up a bit um, in, the, in the coming weeks, but... Um, I just don't think the offense is the same about Kellen Moore. I know I bring it up in the group and I, I get talked down about it, but um, they're just not the same. Mike McCarthy's playbook, I don't know, his system, it's just not great. Brandon Cooks is getting nothing deep. I mean, I don't know whether that's a cause of the O-line being a bit banged up earlier on and then Dak not getting the time to throw, but Cooks has been a complete non-factor and I thought he was someone that they'd actually really need. But Kellen Moore just seemed to have their offense much more explosive. Yeah, it really did. And there was some interviews, I think it was, it was Mike McCarthy in the week, and he was talking about, you know, this is the team that's built on defence. We're not overly bothered about the offence. And I like seeing the tight ends get work. It was just a bit of a weird comment to make. I don't know if it was McCarthy or who it was, I can't remember. But it was just a bit of a weird take, given that you've got a star wide receiver in CeeDee Lamb. That was what prompted the question. They said, you know, do you need to get more work to CeeDee Lamb? And he was like, well, no, really, we're focusing on defence, focusing on tight ends. I mean, do me a favour. Yeah, they're, they just don't look very innovative or explosive or they're not really doing anything on offense. And I mean, the players that they've got there, it shouldn't be that way. No, it really shouldn't be. But uh, I won't complain as a Giants fan. So, um, yeah, let, let's move on. Yeah, let's go down to Vegas. So talk to me about this one. Yeah. So, I mean, this one was uh, a bit of a weird one. Jimmy came back in and probably the worst game that Jordan Love's had so far. But it ends up being the Packers 13, the Raiders 17. I mean, it just wasn't a night for Jordan Love at all, was it? Through three interceptions. And I know we've all been slagging off AJ Dillon, but actually he was all right on the ground in fairness and he got a touchdown. But I don't know. This was uh, another Jacoby Myers game. Jacoby Myers just seemed to go off and Josh Jacobs had a game and the, the Raiders did just enough, didn't they? Yeah, weird one. I just think the Packers' problem at the moment is that they're all very, very young. I think uh, in a year's time, I think they're going to be much improved and... The O-line's really bad. Bakhtiari's gone for the year and it's kind of banged up a little bit. But um, they just never seem to be really good on defence and they've got really good defensive pieces and it just doesn't seem to work there. I don't rate the coordinator either, the defensive coordinator. But yeah, Jordan Love, the last one was kind of um, like a an area out and try and bomb it down to the end zone. Christian Watson hasn't helped him by not trying to get the ball there and it's kind of an easy interception. But... Another one was tipped and another one was quite a bad throw. So I felt a little bit sorry for Jordan Love. And I've seen bits from him that I really, really like. And there's mistakes in there as well. But that's kind of what you get from a guy in his first season as a starter, isn't it? It is. And I think you're absolutely right, though. In terms of all the weapons, they're all, you know, rookies or sophomore players. And I had no Aaron Jones, who was a late um, inactive, wasn't he? And yeah, it's just, they're just a bit too, it's probably a year too early. I think there's been a lot of encouraging signs. They've got something there and Jordan Love's looked very good. I suppose the one brighter light on the night was um, Musgrave, really efficient. He got six receptions at a tight end. That's really, really good work, particularly in like a tight end premium league. So, 
Yeah, I mean, I think Jordan Love's going to be fine. It just wasn't his game at all. I mean, the one that interested me for the Raiders, though, talking about Devontae Adams, because he's generally been good, wasn't really a night for him, and I think he's hurt his shoulder, and people weren't sure if he was going to play. Is it just down to his injury, do you think? I think there's a little bit of that and a little bit of the Packers not wanting to let him go wild against them as well. So um, I think they kind of covered him fairly well, and that's what one Jacoby Myers was able to have the good night that he had. Yeah, I mean, Jacob Myers has been excellent, really. I mean, we've spoken about Juju and how bad he's been, how badly to the Patriots wish they just paid Jacoby Myers because the contracts were identical. They were three years, 33 million, weren't they? And I bet they wish they could uh, undo that contract and keep Jacoby. Yeah, I mean, uh, this podcast that I listened to that kind of broke down the Patriots said that Jacoby Myers is a player they usually keep in their system and he should have been like a Julian Edelman that stays there for life because he broke into the... The Patriots is an undrafted free agent. He was on special teams and he did a lot of the dog work that Edelman did and finally broke through and kind of should have been there for life, but it wasn't to be. Yeah, especially when you see the weird contract renewal they gave to Devontae Parker and stuff. It's just a bit of a weird thing. They didn't keep hold of him for that money, but I don't know. I mean, Devontae Adams, he's a player that I've never really rostered that much, and but he's just very, very good. Is there a chance that he could move? There's always rumours that he could get traded. They're two and three, the Raiders. I mean, I've debated buying him on a competing side because I just think he's really good, and when he's healthy, he's going to be fine. But, I mean, would you have any interest in him? Um, I don't know. I don't know if he's that happy in Vegas. I think he probably deserves better at this point in his career and should be chasing rings, but... I don't know if he's that happy there. And, um, yeah, I don't know if I'd be interested in him or not. I I do really like him as a as a wide receiver. I think he's excellent. But um, I don't know if he'll be traded or not. What do you think? Do you think he could be traded? I honestly don't know because I was trying to think who he could possibly be traded to. What Who's a competing side that needs an alpha wide receiver? And the only one that keeps coming to mind is, is the Chiefs. And I just don't know enough about their cap situation or whether it would even fit their sort of system to pick him up, but well, it, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't happen because they're the same division and that's never exactly. Happened. Yeah. It's never going to happen. That's the only side that would make sense from a just pure need perspective. But other than that, I can't think of any other competing side that needs a, a big alpha wide receiver. He has I mean, been, uh, he has been rumored to the 49ers as well. Oh, Jesus. Don't honestly. Brock Purdy's going to win the Super Bowl, isn't he? he just make us <laughs> like idiots. <laughs> Can you imagine him on the 49ers? Wow. Jesus, Devontae Adams opposite Ayuk with Debo in a gadget role, Kittle playing tight end and blocking, and Christian McCaffrey going absolutely mental. I mean, pfft, Jesus. That's something, isn't it? What about uh, Michael Meyer? Talk to me about Michael Meyer. Was it uh, the Michael Meyer from Halloween this week, wasn't it? It was. Do you know what? It's quite encouraging, really. I mean, I say encouraging. Two receptions of 39 yards, but at least it was something, wasn't it? And I think the encouraging thing for Meyer, really, the snap percentage has gone up. You know, again, he's played 66% of the snaps, and yeah, nice to see him get a bit of work in because he might just be a bit of a slow burner. Not everyone can be a Sam Laporta. So, yeah, we'll take the small victory where we can get him. Yeah, I think he's just having a conventional tight end season, like a rookie tight end season. I think he's just been a bit blown out of the water by Sam Laporta, isn't it? Exactly that. So, yeah, I mean, Laporta and Musgrave were, were the values. And in fact, I think we said that they were the guys we'd happily leave our draft room with, didn't we? You had Laporta, I had Musgrave, but um, Kincaid and Meyer were the higher value guys that might just take a bit of time, ironically. So just going back to a point I made a few weeks ago, I said about Anders Carlson uh, as the, the new kicker from Green Bay. He's been excellent this season. I don't think he's really, I don't think he's missed any. 
and it was the uh, the Carlson Bowl this week. Anders versus Daniel, the brothers. Was it really? I didn't even yeah. think of that. Yeah, of course it was. Yeah, the Carlson Bowl. But both of them are really, really good kickers. If you're uh, if you ever into your kickers and need one, get one of the brothers because they're both really good. I'll tell you who else is also really good. He's probably the Giants' best player, Gano. I mean, he's he's probably scored all our points this season. So yeah. Do you know what I didn't I didn't know till recently is that he's Scottish. Did you not know that? I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't know why I know that, but um, yeah, Scottish lad. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed he can manage to kick it when he's obviously clearly drunk all the time. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's a shambles. The Giants' best player is a Scottish kicker. I mean, <laughs> this this the side that I support. So that completes our, our roundup of all the games. So it's uh, it's time for studs and duds. So I'll go out first with uh, my stud. This is an easy one for me personally. Uh, he was acquired to do exactly this and, and be the man for a fledgling quarterback. Eight receptions from 10 targets for 230 yards with three touchdowns. My stud of the week is Deniston Olivier DJ Moore. I absolutely love it. And I knew you were going to pick him because I specifically left it for you. He was going to be my stud of the week, but I thought I'd let you have it. Nice to see, wasn't it? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I've been waiting for this and, you know, I like DJ Moore anyway. So, yeah, this was a nice one. Lovely. Well, um, I mean, my stud is pretty much the op- the obvious other one. Guy went for a franchise record 19 targets for 15 receptions and 192 yards and three touchdowns. So very similar. Put up 52 and a half fantasy points this week. And it turns out he is always fucking open. <laughs> my my start of the week has to be Jamar Chase. Yeah, I mean, you can't argue with that. He, uh, he, looked, um, he looked electric last week, didn't he? Definitely a point to prove. I mean, he made that comment, which I thought was a bit naughty, to be fair, and obviously frustrated, but he was sort of moaning that he wasn't getting the ball. And turns out he was right. He's always open. So, uh, yeah, very, very good week for both those boys. Yeah, maybe listen to Jamar Chase. You can't go wrong. You cannot go wrong. <laughs> yeah. Talk to you about your dad. So my dad of the week is a strange one because I actually really love him as a player. I might actually be seeing him on Friday as well. And um, we're definitely watching him in the stadium on Sunday. But... Um, yeah, he had a poor week for me. He had a lot of drops by his team, in fairness, which didn't help him. But um, there was a couple of plays near the end of the game that really, really disappointed me. He tried a back shoulder to Odell Beckham like um, in the fourth quarter. It was a really, really terrible throw. And it was in a clutch moment in the game as well. And then he had a costly fumble straight after. He only scored eight points on the week as well. But um, my dad of the week is Lamar Jackson. And this one kind of hurts and upsets me because I really like him. But um, he was really disappointing for me. Yeah, I get it. And you and I spoke about this one. And I think it might be a bit harsh because I think a lot of it was on the receivers. But ultimately, you're only as good as your box score. And if your receivers can't catch, it's on you as a quarterback. So, yeah, unfortunately, it's probably deserved. Albeit, I suppose he wants to kill all of his receivers. That, uh, that, bo- that back shoulder throw was awful, though, wasn't it? Are you going to tell him tomorrow? Yeah, if I see him, I'm going to mention it and say, I'm going to look like that geek on the meme that's uh, sitting behind the uh, PC saying what a rubbish these pro athletes are. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame. Well, um, I mean, for my dud of the week, as always, there was loads of options for it. But for me, a first round starting franchise quarterback putting up minus 2.6 points, getting benched for the second straight week in a row for a lad they cut to waivers and potentially losing his job permanently. My dud of the week has to be Michael McCorkle, Mac Jones. Absolutely abysmal. Yeah, I mean, we're uh, in the NFL group with uh, a couple of Patriots fans and they probably, uh, I think they probably want him dead now, don't they? 
Yeah, I think they deservedly as well. I mean, just in case anything happens to him, we're not going to kill him. Um, <laughs> just for legal reasons. Yeah, these, are, these, aren't, these aren't threats. These aren't yeah, threats. They, yeah, I mean, the Patriots are welcome over uh, in Wembley. and We're not going to turn up, but get the old media passes revoked for, for Dave. That would be good. Um, yeah, dreadful though, isn't it? Yeah, he's been uh, he's been really bad. I mean, the Patriots on, as a whole have been terrible, but he's not digging them out of anything, is he? No, sadly not. Sadly not. So on to uh, our dynasty pickup or our dynasty stash of the week. So my one is uh, Jeff Wilson. So with questions over the knee injury to Devon Achain, it's, it's recently come out that he's been put on IR. So I wrote this up on Monday before Achain had been put on AR, IR. But um, some asking uh, at the press conference it was as if it was a season-long injury for um, Achain and um, my, uh, Mike McDaniel couldn't really answer them. So... There's also a, Raheem, a, a fragile Raheem Mostert. He's had in, his injury issues previously, and Wilson will actually be activate, activated off of IR this week. So um, he's going to at least be the RB2, depending on what they do with Salvan Ahmed. But um, at the best, he could be an RB1 on a very, very explosive offense. So check your waiver wire, see if he's still out there for a potential role on an explosive offense. I managed to um, pick him up in our redraft league this morning. Now, I'm a bit gutted about it because... I was number one on the waiver order and I was like, do I save it? Do I keep it for another week? And I thought, oh, I'll just do it to pick up Jeff Wilson. And I could have just picked him up off of, uh, off of, of the free agency because no one else bid for him. So I was a bit gutted about it. Do you know what? I, I was going to pick him up if he went to free agency because it's, it's our original home league and it's still quite old school because we do rolling waivers, don't we, instead of fab. And it always seems harsh to burn your, your number one overall waiver claim because you can sort of let it roll, can't you? But... Yeah, I sort of get it because if, you know, ultimately it's a 14-team league and if he comes in and he's sort of the bruising running back one for the Dolphins, you've done well, haven't you? Yeah, I weren't, I weren't overly uh, happy with doing the uh, number one waiver pick on uh, on Jeff Wilson, but I don't, there's not been much about the last few weeks and I don't know if there will be with a 14-team league, but um, yeah, I guess we'll see. Yeah, we will see. Well, my um, stash of the week is very similar to yours, to be fair, so... With Khalil Herbert looking like he could miss several weeks and longer with a high ankle sprain and Roshan Johnson, who's a guy that we love, missing time with a concussion and also just being a rookie, there's possibly an opportunity for Donta Foreman to uh, not only be active for once, but could potentially be the Bears lead in Russia for the next few weeks. I think pick him up and he can potentially offer you a low end running back to value with some upside or you can potentially just trade him away for a, a third round pick and you know might um, might come to nothing particularly if Foreman or not Foreman if Johnson is healthy and doesn't miss any time but there's potentially an opportunity here for Don to Foreman because he's done it before and I think you know this is all about just finding a bit of a gem and value so for me have a look at Don to Foreman might be too late but who knows. Yeah, I've always kind of liked Donta Foreman. He's always been one of the running backs I've always been quite happy to pick up. And he was really good at um, Tennessee a couple of years ago when he came in for Derek Henry, wasn't he? He was really good. And in uh, the Panthers, when they traded McCaffrey, he was sort of the RB1 there as well. And I, I do actually like him and he, I think he's decent. But um, yeah, I guess we'll see um, if Roshan's over his concussion or, or, or whether Donta Foreman is the running back one this week. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to be a bit naughty. I'm going to throw just a name. I'm not going to do much on this one, but there's another stash of the week that um, is very deep and I think it's just worth having a look. We've spoken a lot tonight about Kirk Cousins and the record of the Vikings. Just lost their franchise receiver. Kirk Cousins is out of contract. They're one and four. At some point, if Kirk Cousins does get moved on, they might start having a look at who else is on the roster. And at the moment, Jaron Hall is the backup quarterback. 
because I think it's Nick Mullins they've got in as their general backup and he's out injured at the moment, could miss a bit of time. So it's not impossible that Jaron Hall could get a bit of uh, a bit of work at some point just so they can see what they've got. Fifth round pick is not that big, six foot, 207 pounds, but very athletic, big arm. Might just be worth um, stashing if he's available in Superflex leagues. Any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, if they decide to um, trade Kirk and, and tank it out, then I think Jaron Hall is going to be their guy, isn't he? Yeah, so it's just a bit of a naughty to sneak another one in, but I thought it's probably the week to say it because uh, they're dreadful at the moment. Yeah, I thought I'd better give you a quick shout-out. I know we mentioned it earlier on the pod, but just a quick shout-out for your suggestion last week of Amari Demacado because he's probably been the top waiver wire ad this week in a lot of redraft leagues. So um, I thought I'd give you a little bit of credit. Jesus, you feeling okay? Not really. I think, do you know what? I read something earlier because I was sort of just running around patting myself on the back this week, being humble. <laughs> um, he got added in four million leagues this week, apparently, Demacado. I mean, imagine if you got a pound for every one of those. Jesus. I mean, get on the Adjust Your Rank pods and we'll give this to you in advance. You don't need to uh, <laughs> use your fab, do you? I could have got him for free last week. Yeah, exactly. So that includes us. That concludes us this week, even. We'll be back next week with a roundup of week six and maybe some tidbits from the uh, Ravens-Titans game at um, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, which uh, Sean and I are both attending. But um, please don't forget to rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts. It's available to download on most popular podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We're available on Twitter at Adjust Ranks. We'll be back next week. Until then, my office is fully open. And league winners will always be available at my facility.